Hey, this is Jeremy Hahn, artist and writer of The Beauty. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. It's week, it's that weekend for me, baby. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Good for you. Hey, you'll be happy tomorrow. Florida tomorrow morning. Boy, will your arms be tired. Oh, really, dude? Hey. I, I was thinking of Suntress. Wow, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I got a million of them. Right. Crossover audience. <laughs> wow, what was he calling you out on? What'd you get wrong? No, so, it was like a of art. And he, uh, he cited me as a prominent collector. Wow. Yeah, I was pretty stoked. I would be I too. I was stroked effectively. It takes a lot to get a compliment out of John. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. So if he uh, singled you out, boy, you... Very easy uh, to get a correction. But yes, oh, yeah. But so. no, John's good people, but he's not uh, very forthcoming with the compliments. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he's a good man, Charlie Brown. I love him. And I love you. And I love everyone <laughs> who's listening t- to this because it's 11 o'clock comics. Oh, boy. Jesus, please. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 455. Oh, shit. Yes, and I am Vince P. <laughs> you sure as hell are, my friend. So happy. Oh, man, I am David A. Price. Woot, woot. Indeed you are, and I'm speaking out of my hand because I'm the ventriloquist. Oh, nice. It's about damn time. Wow. Right, Dap? It's about damn time. Oh, hey, there's this thing that I read that's really good. This guy wrote it, and it's it's amazing, and we talked about it like for two months straight, and now he's finally reads it. No, you're not the ventriloquist. You are Jason Wood. And What's I am de- I'm detecting the presence of another in the room. He doesn't write the text. Yes, it's true. And like any good superhero origin story, this is a returning guest. He's pretty much family. Um, but I have to say, the man has undergone a transformation more impressive than Oprah after she discovered marathons. Because when he was last on, he was an accomplished novelist, a generally fun man about town, and had begun <laughs> getting uh, a little bit of work in his aspiration to become a bona fide, bona fide full-time comic book writer. And my, how things have changed. In seemingly a blink of an eye, our buddy now finds himself, dare I say, at or right near the top of the pantheon of comic book writing. Yes, so fast, uh, Not only helming, some would say, the the, the most uh, historically important DC comic, uh, uh, Batman, but also... Um, I'm surprised his head fit through the interview door today because uh, I think by last count, the man's work on the vision was probably mentioned in the best of lists on what a, a thousand different websites and mm-hmm. uh, and various and sundry publications. So, of course, we are talking about the uh, the formerly mild mannered, now legendary Mister Tom King. Wait, where's Chris Neesman? Wasn't wasn't I promised Neesman with the yeah, no. No. We don't make. Is this around like comics? That. No, I don't only think... for Chicago-based creators. We pull out Neesman. They stopped doing around comics. Do you know that? They don't do that around anymore. Comics was, the, was it was my first podcast. That was oh, it was Virgin Podcast. Is that a thing? Yes, that was my. I oh, listened well, to that. Was. Like it was the Bible. No, I listened to around comics before CGS. Okay, around comics was my go-to. That was the the good one. That's your gateway. That was my gateway. 
Tom and Sal and Chris. And then you guys came out of that. That's, That's where first found you. Ah, you know who doesn't make promises they can't keep? <laughs> Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, because they pledge to get you your books at the absolute lowest prices possible and deliver them right to your door. These specials for this month from Image, Extremity, number one by Daniel Daniel Warren Johnson. He's going to explode. He is exploding. He's in the process of exploding. Cover price is three ninety nine. Uh, you can have it for a dollar ninety nine. That's fifty percent off. So just get on the ground floor on this because we've been telling you, we've been pushing Daniel Warren Johnson. He's amazing. If you've seen any of his work or have been to a con, you know this guy is fantastic. And now he's got his own series. He's writing it. He's drawing it. He's not coloring it like we said last time. It's Mike Spicer, but it looks fantastic. Get in on it. Uh, from Dark Horse, Neil Gaiman. Woo. American Gods, colon, Shadows, number one. Uh, we got Neil Gaiman, P. Craig Russell, Scott Hampton. Why aren't you ordering this? Three ninety nine cover price, your price, $1.99. And last, but certainly not least, XO Manowar going around again. Number one from uh, Valiant, Matt Kent is writing it this time around with Thomas Giarello, Louis LaRosa. It's going to be amazing. Get this. Cover price three ninety nine. What do you get it for? Because you're so smart, and you go to dcbservice.com. Fifty percent off, seventy five percent off. You can have this book for ninety nine cent. Ninety nine cent. It's crazy. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all shipped up nice and secure and delivered right to your door. Do it. Don't be silly. DCBService.com. There are a uh, there are a couple things I'm looking at that are further into the catalog this time around, and I'm not sure. Tr- I, I already told you about the Starhawks. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to get that. I know there are Starhawks. Yes, a, yes. IDW is uh, putting out a three volume collection of the complete Starhawks. <laughs> the classic. The it classic. Is. Um, and I said to Dap, I said, he said, should I get this? I said, what do you want to be buying up all the back issues of Comics Interview? <laughs> no, Comics Reader. <laughs> or Comics Reader to get the whole thing? Oh, no, Comics Review. I'm sorry. We, we what, wasn't it Comics Reader? There was some in Amazing Heroes. Ah. Uh, yeah. And um, were there any in Comics Review? R-E-V-U-E? I'm thinking Comics Reader. If it, it could be. It could I'm be. thinking. But and anyway, also, um, you need to get them. From, uh, drawn in quarterly, that terms and conditions. You know what fascinated me, and I, I it's too much to add to my my uh, monthly total, but I want it so bad. There's a Fukushima book. Oh yeah. Yes, mm. and it looks riveting, and it's like six hundred or seven hundred pages, and I think it's a done in one. It's a hardcover too. Okay. Um, mm. About. Um, it's it's drawn and written by an actual maintenance person at Fukushima who went in after the the uh, the big you know the meltdown, and it's just oh man I need to read that but let's I hope I hope it's available digitally. I forget the name of it. I'm stupid. But anyway, let's um, do the drink roll call because I got something special for Mister Price and Mister <gasps> King. Oh snap! Oh Ooh. yes! Oh for me yes. Well, you know, I 
I consider every week just a standard beer week. When it's just the guys, it's a beer week. Chilling, having fun with my friends. Sure, sure. But but when we have a fine guest such as yourself. Oh, you've seen pictures of me. I kick it up and I brought a fine wine. Kick it up a notch. I am drinking, David, Cabernet Sauvignon. What? Yes. From, I don't know if this is a good company to get wine from, but it tastes good and I like it. Livingston Cellars? Is that a prestigious for, uh, winemaker? I don't know about prestigious. I have I have seen that label on on the shelf. I yes. got a gallon of it for like twelve bucks, so I'm thinking it's, it's the it good either, stuff. It was either Livingston or, or, or Rossi, so that was good. Ripple. <laughs> Ripple. <laughs> so yes, I'm drinking wine. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Got, got, got a good mouthfeel? I don't use that word. What an honor. What an honor. I love you know I love you. I'm, I'm, that's going to be the pull quote for the Batman graphic novel. Oh, oh please! Wow, awesome. Well, now, you know what? Now that we've <laughs> now been, I'm drinking wine. Eleven o'clock comics. I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned that because now, um, if you go to eleven o'clock comics dot com, we're actually doing stuff in print now. So all you people that take pull quotes and reject podcasts because you have to transcribe it yourself, it'll be there for you. So you just go to our website and pull it, and we'll be happy. You can have all the damn pull quotes you want. That's very true. And I must say, I am baffled by, like, I'll get a trade paperback, and it'll be like, this comic's the bomb. And it'll be like, ubergeeks.com. And I'm like, what is ubergeeks.com? Like, what? <laughs> and, in, in, and not influencing people. Seriously. And who wrote that book? Sheriff Babylon is a Washington Post quote. Yeah, well, we can't oh, compete really? with that. Yeah, well. Just saying, I'm just saying. That's the Mega Man, the quote is AV Club, best book of the year. Oh, man. Oh, See? Goodness. Yeah. And, uh, Vision out of Tennessee. I never, I never heard of that guy. Aren't, wait, aren't we supposed to be doubting you, not you doubting yourself? Is that. Yeah, I don't think there's enough room for the three of us on this. No, he thought it was called fine. I thought that the gate was open and I could just. take it away? Or? He, just, he should. What are you drinking, Tom? Oh, my God, it's chaos. This is special just for you guys. I'm I'm drinking Sprite, but not not any Sprite. It's fucking Sprite Zero. Ooh. So that is oh good. boy. Yeah. So this way you can go all night long. You it's can't like all night long. Like yeah. Lionel Richie. Yeah, you can't get any lower. Sugar. I won't make the end. So 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 here's one for you from the Zero. You're the best. <laughs> oh man, it's lemon lime and zero calories. It's everything it's as I if want. you've never heard the show before. Yeah. He's doing research for when he has to, you know, torture the next Are you during one of his books. Is this because you're writing Bane right now and you want to know what a venom tastes like? Or? Oh it's usually on Thursday. Thursday night is my up all night writing night. It's, it's my sober. Oh, really? I cannot be drunk on a Thursday night. So, so when you when we wrap night. up here, you're just going to start cranking. I'll be cranking after this. No matter how late it goes, it's cranking. Wow. I have to be, my scripts have to be done by Friday. Pick up my kids from school on Friday and the scripts are in. So you let oh, us I interrupt see. your schedule. That's awesome. And we, and we yeah, thank you for that. Well, you know, you, you you have me talking very close to my computer, so I'm looking at a Batman script. Three <laughs> inches <laughs> through my face here. You could you could send that to me. I'll proofread it for you. <laughs> right. Okay. There you go. What are you I'm drinking, not... Jason? Uh, I am drinking the grape as well. Uh, I am drinking a, uh, a a Italian table wine uh, called Piccolino, which we got as part of that. Bright Cellars wine thing that I'm a part of. Yep. But we liked it so much, we actually ordered a case of it. Nice. Yeah. So, well, well recommended. It's uh, P-I-C-C-O-L-I-N-O de Puglia. And, uh, it's their, they have a couple different ones, but this is their, uh, their Vino Rosso, their red, red table wine. 
Write that down, Vince, so we get a pull quote off the website. I got it. (laughs) Type, 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 type. Do it. I I did. You did. Very good. Dap, what are you drinking, my friend? Um, well, I guess, I guess I'll, um, well, Tom already is the, the odd man out, but I am not drinking grape tonight. Uh, this is, uh, is an old favorite. Wow. I know, right? It is. It's, it's, it's mass hysteria. Cats and dogs living together. This is, uh, this is, this is a favorite, um, I've had on the show in the past. And I usually have it when we're at a bar or two during the convention weekends. This is, uh, Bullet Frontier Bourbon Whiskey. Oh, boy. So Dap's going to be wild in about 45 minutes. Nah, nah, He's going to be straight cray. Yeah. Setting my clock. Awesome. Setting it off. Uh, Great. Uh, Before we move on, I don't want to leave anybody hanging. When I said, uh, Jason, how to talk dirty and influence people who wrote that book, do you know? Jason Latour. No. Lenny Bruce. (laughs) I know, dude. I just wanted you to say because you love him so much. I do love Lenny Bruce. Big big surprise. All right, let's get into the comics. Do you have thank yous? We do. We do. I'm asking if you do. I don't. Uh, I thank Tom for hanging out with us. Yeah. Well, (laughs) just as once. It's like a slum. Oh Oh, boy. Um, I have to thank Mr. John Wimmer. Uh, for he moved recently, and and uh, he was. While he was moving, there were totes that he was going through that he has not gone through uh, in many, many years. So he sent me the the the, the complete limited edition collector set of Micro Machines Star Trek Space, where this has uh, three ships from the original series, three ships from the movies, uh, six ships from the next generation – and three ships from Deep Space Nine, plus included only in this set from the movies, the Enterprise from the uh, from the, the the Star Trek Four to Voyage Home and and five and and six. So thank you oh, man. very much for this, John. It, it, it's got the stands and everything. And no, they're were awesome. They actually, were they actually limited editions? Like, did anybody ever check to see if the the serial if the numbers? On the boxes were actually like they only made this many, or was that just all? No, BS? there were there were a lot of them. They made. A I lot know there of were them. a lot of. Them, yeah, but uh, guess which uh, series I have all of the micro machines from? Mask. No. No. Mash. Mash. Yeah, mash. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> it's a sci-fi series. A sad helicopter. Come on, no. Dap. You got to know this. It's a sci-fi series. <laughs> Uh, uh, Babylon 5. Oh. I have okay. all of the micro machines. Wait, what? Babylon 5, yeah. Here. Got all of them. Really? I love Babylon 5. Do you? Yeah. I think I've seen Do two. Do you really? Up until yeah. uh, season 5, yeah. Season 5, shit to bed. Oh, so JMS couldn't finish that. Really? Yeah. Doesn't go out in a blaze of glory. But up until season 5, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, if you had said, like, Farscape... I love Farscape too, but they, know, they didn't I make. I would have guessed Farscape. Yeah, no, they didn't make Farscape micro machines or Lex micro machines. Oh, <laughs> that would have been great. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's oh, do I'm this. Gonna... We're here to discuss comics with, and there's no argument here, the best writer of 2016. What a wonderful year to be associated with. I'm well, 
two of us will always be late. Now, you were one of the good things about 2016, but my question to you is... It's and, true. You, helped the, uh, med- you were like the spoonful of sugar that helped the medicine go down. And I believe you said as, as such on, on your Twitter that um, I'm never going to top 2016, but I'm going to try. Yes, I know. It's it, actually kind of depressing, or it's, it shouldn't be depressing. I should enjoy all these things, but every time I get another best of list, I'm like, this is just never going to happen again like this. Right. Because you're only the new hotness once, you know? You're only the... But well, I, you know, by, by next year, you'll that see is all true. my I mean, You'll see, like, oh, look, Tom's repeating a phrase from the beginning of the book at the end of the book. <laughs> never seen him do that before, you know? <laughs> it's like Hickman now, you know? Hickman designs these huge incredible structures and you're like yeah i've seen it before <laughs> um, yeah people do get complacent after a while they, they once you serve them brilliance and they're used to brilliance they expect expect brilliance all the time and then they get kind of complacent like oh you know it's yeah it was great but it's you know the same old same old and the same old is great so what's the problem i know I, I don't get it but my question to you is are you afraid for 2017 for the world in general? No, for for the the um, you have been elevated to a, a certain level of, of stature within the industry, and are you going to approach it as business as usual? Or are you, are you actively thinking like, man, what? How do I how do I do? How do I how do I supersede last year? How do I get better? Yes, yes. No, I'm utterly scared. No, I'm terribly frightened that I can't can to beat whatever. I did. That's 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 a wonderful insight into my psyche. Yeah, uh, I I was writing Scarecrow today. I was like, "Oh, you have no idea, buddy." Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, especially it's funny because uh, Gabriel Walta emailed me of uh, the artist revision. He's like, "You know, I can't wait to work together on the next project." And my, my first choice was like, I never want to work with you again because working with you was such a joy. I feel like the next panel I write will be shit and I won't, it won't be sort of worthy of the last panels we wrote together. Like, I feel like I just want to run away from that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm utterly scared, but it's, it's a different, this is going to be a different sort of year because I'm going to be mostly on this double ship Batman for most of the year, which is not the kind of book that Vision and Sheriff and, Omega Men were the kind of kind of small, uh, very thematic and tightly knit books. Batman purposely so is not that. I, I want it to be huge and big and appeal to both nine year olds and fifty nine year olds. So it's a different sort of audience. Um, my artsy fartsy stuff won't come till the summer. Looking so forward do, to do it. We, do we get a peek into what that is, or are you saving that for the big reveal? Uh, yeah, no, they won't. They won't let me tell you what it is. But it's cool. It's very cool. It's with Mitch. I can say that. Okay. Mitch, Mitch Garrett, who did Sheriff of Babylon with me. Yes, yeah. And the uh, current Batman story. And the current Batman arc, if you're liking the current Catwoman Batman thing, which is that we're between issues 14 and 15. He does both, 14 and 15. Uh, we're doing a superhero title that's in the lot, that's in sort of the, in, 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 in that vision Omega Men realm where it's going to be a tight kind of, you know, Watchmen-esque-ish, but not as good kind of story. Um, yeah, so that's coming. <laughs> Way to sell it. Yeah. I know. Way to sell it. I'm very nervous. I love it. It's the best thing I've ever written, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't come out for so long. I don't know. It's going to be about this sort of moment we're in, this moment where like 
I don't know, this, like the, the world is changing in such bizarre ways and we don't understand it and it makes you feel a little crazy. Do you guys get that sense sometimes? Every day. Right? It's like, I don't know, there's like a certain paranoia to it. It's, it's as if, um, you woke up and you're like, this life doesn't seem my life. It's like we're all living in kind of a, uh, um, like some sort of Lynchian metafiction or something. Um, and that's what it's, it's going to try to be about this moment without being about politics. I don't want to write, you know, bad guy Trump and, uh, you know, oh, instead of they losing healthcare, they lose registration or whatever the fuck it is. Um, I want to write about some of the emotional crap behind all this stuff. So that's what it's about, but with superheroes and punching. I think it has, it ties into intimations of mortality. When, when you see the world changing, um, you're looking at uh, current events uh, from the actually you're looking at it from the back way you've lit like when you're a teen everything's awesome and you're going to change the world and everything's new and everything is like we all have our our favorite eras and usually it's right in your teens right when you really got into comics and when you start to see the world change that's when it smacks you in the face like you're not going to be around forever (laughs) oh man i was sitting on the couch today looking at twitter instead of taking care of my kids as i do every day and uh, and I'm like I'm like and my wife's there and I'm, I'm like looking at her Twitter too. So who the fuck knows who's taking care of the kids? Um, and I'm, I'm like Dave Matthews is on the cover of AARP magazine. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it stings, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and yeah. my wife just looks at me and goes like, like I didn't have enough reasons to shoot myself in the head today. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty crazy, depressing. That's, yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, my Dave Matthews wow. is Keith Richards, who's been like a fossil for decades. So I've been old for a long time. Well, you make me feel young, so thank you for that. Oh, oh you ain't you ain't uh, seen nothing yet. You make me feel <laughs> uh, But it, it, back to topping yourself, I didn't think you would be able to top Omega Men. Uh, I love it, and I have said so here. And um, Dap was constantly telling me, "You got to read Vision. Got to read Vision." So I read Vision, and you y- y- you topped Omega Men. <laughs> so I think yeah, damn right. Fuck you, Omega Man. <laughs> no, it's, it's that's wow. a great book. Hey, fuck you, Kyle. It's an amazing book. Kyle, I mean, the, the thing about Vision is, I remember Dap and I were at Heroes Con with you. So I guess what two summers ago? Yeah, two yeah. summers ago, right? Because we didn't go to Heroes Con this past year, right? We were yeah. sitting around having some cocktails at the hotel, and you told us that you were going to do the Vision, and I remember thinking at the time. Oh, good for Tom. Like, he's getting a foot in the door at Marvel. But, you know, the vision, like, listen, I'm a Marvel zombie for life, but I'm like, okay, so they're giving him, like, what they always do. They give him, like, an entry-level, like, tertiary book, like a, like a, a you know, a, a B character that kind of do your thing with, and, like, they'll see if he got Chop's kid so that they can then, like, hand you the Avengers or something. I'm like, cool, Would good you for you. Vision at B? I feel like he doesn't quite qualify for B. I feel, well, I feel like B, B characters have had their own successful series that had more than... Maybe you're right. I guess because he's always been a part of the Avengers. I'm such an Avengers mark. But either way, I was like, okay, cool, good for you, you know, and you were excited about it, and I thought, all right, that's cool. Um, and you, I remember I asked you who was, who was your artist, and you said, you know, Gabriel Walton. All I knew him from was Magneto, and I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> like okay, you know, like, that's fine. Whatever, like, great. Um, yeah, um, interesting... Four and a half issues. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and then like, and then like we roll it up, and it was just this, you know. Again, every now and then, there's a book that for some reason gets to fall through the cracks of editorial, and just gets to be its own wonderful thing. 
Um, and uh, that's what you deliver with the vision. And I, I don't want you to repeat yourself from, uh, but I did listen to you on Word Balloon, and you know you made the point that, uh, and you're right that the cool thing about vision is that not only does it feel and is almost like a, an independent book, like an indie in its in its tenor, but you manage to sneakily keep it within continuity at the same time, which is like pretty crazy because it's true. So yeah, man, like, I don't know. Like, do, do you attribute that to, let me ask you this. Do you think now, because like, do you think you'll ever be able to do that with a big two character again? Because now like all eyes are on you. Yes. A hundred percent. I believe I can. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it, it's funny cause I was, I was talking with Frank Miller because that's my fucking life now. It's insane. That's what's weird. <laughs> and, and you're going to make Vince jealous. So <laughs> jealous. Oh. Right. I touched myself when you said that. Sorry. Yeah, you said Frank Miller, and I was like, my hand's there. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm right with you, man. We can just do it together. We can have a race. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, first. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, and he was talking about starting on Daredevil, and he was saying, you know, like... When I got that book, you know, it was already bi-monthly. It was going to get canceled. And it was that was the best thing that could ever happen to me because nobody gave a fuck and I could do whatever I wanted. And then by the time it took off, it was too late to stop me. And I was like, that is the key to all comics. That is That, that was true 40 years ago and it's true today. Like the best thing they can do to you is give you some book where they're like, this has no chance of success. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Um I mean, I got vision, I got vision, or I wrote vision number one the week Omega Man was canceled before it got uncanceled. And so that, and, and I wrote it thinking, oh, this is not going to last at all. For all the same things you said at Heroes, I was like, this is just, I mean, Walt, I had no idea how good he could be. Um, if you put him in, in certain situations, he's the best there is at what he does. And, uh, and I had no idea that I, I could write anything. So yeah, that's, that's the best case scenario that you don't, that you can take a ton of risks. No one's looking at you, but now I'm in, I'm in a, another good case scenario, which is like, um, when I was the best, the best examples, I used to intern at Vertigo when I was a kid. And, uh, and I remember asking an editor, uh, I was like, what is invisible? I, 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 I can't understand a word of it. And, uh, and, and they're like, that's the book we just let Grant do in order that he'll do justice league. <laughs> oh shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like nobody gets it, but we just, you know, we, we, we print the page and then you see, see, you can, now that I'm on Batman, I'm actually making them some money, you know, now I can sit, now I can t- tell them, can I do one of these books where just like, you give it to me and then, and, and they say yes. So it's like, that's like the other side of the wall. It's like, you just get there. Uh, I mean, that's how I got my current book. Did, did you, um, asked me like, you know, just pick a book you want. I was like, don't. Don't make me pick because then it'll get fucked up in someone's continuity. You just give me someone you don't care about that you don't want anything to do with and you can leave me alone. And he picked the character and I said, that's fine. And I'll do what I can with it. That's the best Is it the book that uh, I just put in the Skype? The book you put in Skype? I told you guys about this book. Yeah, okay. I I, I remembered it after the fact. So this is the one we cannot talk about publicly, but... Ooh, fancy. I know all sorts of stuff. Cool, okay. Well, Um, I I think the fact that the vision has touch so many people is both amazing and baffling to me because no i mean the 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 trades especially the second one they should come with free samples of xanax because Uh. it's not it's seriously not a feel-good book but 
the dog comes back. Yeah, it's but it's parts of it are so damn sad. And that's that that's a testament. No, it is. That's a testament to you because you made us care for pseudo humans. They're not real. They're 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 constructions. Um, and and but that didn't stop you. You you injected life into these things. You are Doctor Frankenstein. Um, and I just no. The, the I didn't expect to like it, but I I you convinced me. You won me over. And 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 it's sad as hell. And you still won me over. And there's another book I want to talk about tonight that is incredibly sad. And I hated it. And the writer won me over. All right. Well. The one thing I wanted to, you know, I was thinking about what we we're going to talk to you about other than just like the universe and everything. And, um, you know, it seems like people for some reason are fascinated with origin stories, uh, when it comes to creators. I was and, fascinated. I still am fascinated. That's the first thing I ask anyone. How did you get into this? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, heck, there's been, there's been podcasts and websites devoted just to that very thing. Um, but I guess, you know, I, I guess it, it's whenever we have the opportunity to see a friend come up which is always super cool. Um, I think it adds a, a, a richer perspective to it in the sense that I, I'm wondering how often people come at you with that, but think of you as a, do you get the, man, you're such an overnight success, like how'd that happen? Like, do you get that? Because obviously we know you for a long time and we know you've wanted to do this for a long time and you, how many years you spent, uh, you know, sitting at a con peddling your novel and, People would be like, well, "What are you selling a novel here for?" And and you know you, you you sort of working at it, and and then you know to your credit, you to your credit you stuck with it, and then you've parlayed, you know you got an opportunity, and then you parlayed it into more and more success. But I mean, do do you still get like do people still view you that don't know you as like this like instant success, or or do you feel like people kind of fully understand the 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 overnight success that was a ten year journey? I think I get more instant success. I get, oh my god, how did this happen to you so fast? That's amazing. Uh, what, what did you do to get here? And I was like, oh man, you have no idea, like how many. Like I slept I, under a pool table. I did. I, I'm yeah. still sleeping under pool tables. I've given that, <laughs> that was a choice. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know how how many like podunk cons I've been to, or uh, you know, I'm sitting there s- sitting next to a dude selling pies, and he's selling. Money more pies and I'm selling books and just sitting there crying in your little book bag. Um, and I, I remember when I first started doing this, like listening to podcasts of like Bendis talking about going around with the, like a box of books and sort of, you know, carting them around. Even, even at my first con, which is, I gotta be 2008, Baltimore, I saw Jason Aaron and he was just, he was still on Scalp then, which I thought was the most brilliant book in the world. Yeah, well, it is. And yeah. And he and he had started. He was doing Wolverine, which was so great, and Punisher. The following and some Punisher. And I was like, this guy's the best writer in comics. And you know, he had a good line and stuff. And then at the end of the day, I saw him just like lift his own stuff up and carry it to his car. Like that guy should have a fucking limo come and get him. I was like, <laughs> like the hustle never stops. Um, yeah, no, I've been I've been I've been doing this for some time. I enjoy, it. and the reason I the reason. I got here. One of the reasons, I mean, to add to the thank you is because of podcasts like you, you know, welcome me on when I was fucking nothing to talk about a stupid novel. I mean, that, that helped my career immeasurably. I told it to all the people say, how do I break into comics? I was like, start with podcasts. Listen, 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 listen until you know the stuff and know where to go because that they're, they're 
they'll have you on. They'll have you on to talk, and you can start there, build your career. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's cool. I mean, it's nice to be sad. I, but, again, I think at the end of the day, um, and I don't want to – I'm not going to throw shade on people tonight, but there are plenty of people that get N or multiple opportunities and don't seize it, right? And uh, I think you got to deliver the goods. And, uh, you know, that's where I, I know you were joking and, you know, about sort of best year ever and, and all that. But, but in reality, I mean, I hope, I hope you do have moments where, you know, you're, you're, you're proud of, of, of the way that the last year plus has gone. Cause you should be, man. Like it's, it's definitely something to be proud of. But I feel, I have, I have fear of that. I mean, just as to look inside my own neurosis, like I fear that once you get sort of proud of yourself, you start repeating yourself. You start being a little arrogant about it. I think the fear is good for you as a writer. I think you should be sort of scared every time you write a script. Because I, I felt this way going into comics and, and maybe don't, but like a comic page is sacred to me. Like what you can do with a comic page. Like when I think of like how, how sucked in you can be to an Alan Moore story by just like one or two pages and how long it can take to, to tell it. And then you read just shit comics and you're like, you just wasted 20 pages of an opportunity to talk to me. I'm just going to throw this away and never think of it again. Like, I never want to lose that sort of sense of, of every page has to mean something, you know? I, you know, I, I don't want to just like throw up, you know, three double page splashes in a row because, uh, you know, I only have two hours to write that day. It's just, uh, well, you, you want to be constantly scared. Let's, let's please remember this conversation and we are going to play it back for you <laughs> in about two years when you're, when you're, when it's your turn to, uh, to task, when it's your turn to write the, uh, event of the year. So I'm sure remember this. I'm never going to the helmet event. Okay. I'm talking. You know, Scott hasn't made it a secret. Scott's doing this event with Capullo coming up. Scott Snyder was a, you know, we're close friends. We talk almost every day. And just watching him go through the process of putting an event together, I was like, I am never doing this. So if, when that day comes, just shoot me. Just say, okay, you're done. Go down. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, because so much goes into it in terms of the, just the politics of it, and and you know, just lining lining up all the editors in the right place and the executive editors in the right place and then getting your friends all in the right place. And then you have to backstab your friends to make the editors happy. You have to backstab the editors to make your friends happy. And I mean, not that, and Scott is the best at doing this. I mean, he's friends with everybody and he's cool and he's the, at, at his core, a good writer, um, a fantastic writer. Um, so he can navigate this cause he's been through it, but I just don't have that kind of talent that he has. I was like, woof, I don't know what to do. How, how was, did did he play um, a role at all in, in you you getting Batman? Yeah, I mean the road to Batman went through Scott, so I, he has sort of had to approve of me. I mean, um, I was the, the the luckiest thing that ever happened to my career was when Jason Aaron resigned with Marvel. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, re, I remember reading about it reading about that in, in the sort of trade press or trade press, like it popped up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the trade press of our industry. Um, and uh, because Jason is just, his Batman would be perfect, right? Like that just works in your head, Jason Aaron Batman. Um, and when he, he signed with, with Marvel, I don't think it was clear who would sort of, who could take Scott's, the reins on Scott on that book. And fortunately, Vision, I mean, Vision was the big game changer, and that was just catching fire. So I mean, I, I was in the right place at the right time, and, and I was friends with Scott and worked in the Batworld. I've been on, you know, doing Dick Grayson for two years, so I knew all the characters, I knew the world, I knew the editors. So I, I, I was I was well positioned to make it. Also, Marvel was wanted to hire me at the time, so that helped too. When you can get the two companies um, 
Sure. Both wanting you at the same time. It happens very rarely, but it's the key to success in comics, as any creator will tell you. Since there's only two of them, you have to get them to start bidding. I'm being <laughs> honest. I gotta lie more. I gotta toe the, toe the company line. Be like, no, it was all the plan from the beginning. Sorry. No, the candor is key, man. That's the thing. You can't, uh, you gotta be yourself, right? Ah, fuck, I guess I gotta be myself, yes. For tonight. I don't this think it's zero, man. It brings it out on me. I just can't. <laughs> That's I don't think I've stupid. ever asked you, uh, were you a Batman fan before uh, getting the, the job or like a huge Batman fan or was he just one of those characters like, yeah, Batman's cool. Were you Campbell level Batman fan or were you, mm. or were you average Batman fan? I would say I was, I was above average. Like I was a monthly buyer of the magazine my whole the magazine. Oh my god. The magazine. Yeah. <laughs> the magazine. Ever since ever since Dave Matthews was an ARP, I've just decided to <laughs> the other side. I was a monthly buyer of the funny book. Um, You're like, I'm coming on the radio tonight, hon. I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> a radio program to talk about the the cartoon magazines I am drawing. Uh, <laughs> so I mean yeah, I mean I, I bought it all growing up. I was especially when Tim came, that's what brought me back into the comics. So that ages me. Like, um, Lonely Place of Dying, I think, was when I first sort of globbed onto it. And then I went back and got the, called the classics and stuff. Uh, so I wouldn't call myself a super, I was a super fan of the Frank Miller stuff. Okay. How could you not? Like, be? Yeah. Those yeah. How could you not be? Like, like I, I had, gro- growing up every single year since I was maybe like nine or ten, which is way too young, I would read DKR every year at Christmas. That was like my routine. Mm-hmm. And then. And you were a party animal as a kid, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all the girls house. Every DKR. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. DKR. God love you, man. <sighs> what? They're such <laughs> my childhood. They're I didn't such... have friends, but man, I had a great understanding of the 16 panel grid. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Still uh, present. <laughs> so, uh, see so yeah, that that I was a big fan of. Like, I mean, I could quote that any of the Frank Miller stuff. Just every word, I love that stuff. So uh, I don't know. I was I wasn't I wasn't a super fan going into I wasn't a super fan going into Batman, but I love the character. Oh, he's a, he's a tough character. Having written him for a year, he's a, he's a tough guy to wrap your mind around because and Mark Wade said this. To me, I'm just dropping names left and right like it's a normal thing. <laughs> um, I was, I was talking to Mark Wade and I was you know whining and complaining. That, that's when two comic creators get together. All they do is bitch about shit. So we're just bitching. Is that right? Yeah, that's the, we, you know this, right? You just sit there and you're like, oh, oh I know. It's like that. We're pretending like we don't know. Yeah. I'm glad you fooled me. Uh, and so, uh, I was, I was like, man, Batman's tough. And I, I, I don't know why. Like, vision's so flowing, but Batman's tough. And he's like, Batman's tough because it's the, it's the most, um, fictionalized character in human history. It's, people have written more stories about Batman than any other character. I was like, that's insane. What, 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 like Sherlock Holmes? He's like, no, it's not making comparison. I was like, what about Jesus Christ? Like, nope, not even close. I was like, Batman? He's like, in every medium, in every country, there are more different stories about that one character than any other character. And you are now the point man to come in with something new. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what's frustrating. That's 100% it, Mark Wayne. Um, and you so- did. You did with I Am Suicide. That's, yeah, a, that's a new spin on Batman, and it works. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's the challenge with Batman because you're sort of in that place where, like, I mean, Scott and I, when we get really drunk, that's what we do with each other. We throw Batman ideas at each other just to find us something that hasn't been done before. We're like, 
uh, you know, it, just anything, you know, Alfred turns into a, a monster. No, that was done. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it, um, Gordon turns into a woman and is a bad guy for, for a little while and, and then becomes Batman. No, that was done in detective silver. It's just, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, horrible game to play. Because, and then, and the essence of that character is so perfect that, that his parents died and, and that propels him forward. But in, in its perfection, it's just been told so many times that people can be utterly bored by that. Sure. And you, you get, you, you get to that, that edge of like somewhere between the Frank Miller version and the Lego Batman version. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to like live right there of like, Oh, my parents died without it being like the song in the background. Dead parents. Um, <laughs> Well, the the whole the, the brilliant thing about the Batman origin is the pearls. If you if you take the pearls out, the whole origin falls apart. It's true. Without, right, without the pearls, you'd be nobody. Yeah, that's that's the key. Yeah, the broken jewelry. Yeah, that's broken jewelry, broken life. Come on, it's a metaphor. And then you just let Amanda Waller waltz right into the Batcave. Yeah, isn't that freaky? So, thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Tom, I love you like a brother. And I really <laughs> think... I this really was the biggest thing I've tried all trying to try to Batman. Day. All I day on loved, That's I all loved, day. I loved, I loved, loved, loved the I Am Suicide arc. Me too. But, <laughs> since, since I know you love to geek out and you're all about the minutia... Let's do it. What you you got? gotta talk me off the ledge about how the fuck you let Amanda Waller swall- roll right into the Batcave like she owns the place. It wasn't easy. She had to. Well, we wouldn't know that. But she had to get Batman out of town. I mean, that was the hard part. I need to see I old girl dodging laser. I need to see old girl dodging laser beams. Only shows like, up when he's out of town. She did it on purpose. That's been since That's issue what two. I was saying, yes. No, I know that. That's a given. Thing. But how, how does she actually just walk into the fucking? How she even know where it is? How she know how to get in? Goddamn Waller! What do you uh, talk? Every, nah. First of all. Come on, Bruce. You don't think Amanda Waller, with all of her assets, can figure out that Bruce Wayne is Batman? She could do it with a computer program, just comparing their jawlines in thirty seconds. But that's the but that's the conceit of superhero comics, right? That they can't like Clark can put on glasses and no one can figure it out. But I but the conceit of Amanda Waller is that she can be behind the conceits. Uh, I mean, well, you could have at least had, Squad could have at least had Alfred gaffel her first. <laughs> He would that's, lose. That's what I like about that scene is is, is is that Alfred knows the power of Amanda Waller so doesn't fucking challenge him because he knows that Amanda Waller has... See, in my, in my head, it, the, the, none of the lasers and shit went off. She just walked right in because she has so many plans if the lasers go off, like to blow up the cave or whatever. Um, and, and, and Alfred knows she has all those plans right. that he didn't provoke her. So like they just 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 like it was it was as if two people with huge um, spiky sticks hidden behind their back were having a, a nice conversation because they knew each, either of them could um, could at any time strike the other one dead. Uh, that, that to me, I mean, that's to me is, is that Waller comes with that kind of threat. I, I just I like the fact that Waller just sees through everyone's bullshit and goes and goes to the core of people. I like that Waller, that John Alstrander Waller. Yes. I was wondering how she got in there too, because obviously she didn't come in through the clock. 
because <laughs> because if you read um, All Star Batman, you know that Snyder cooked up a scenario where if Bruce is coming through, it goes one way. But if someone who's not Bruce is coming through, it goes another way to this little fake man cave. So she obviously did not come through the clock. How the hell did she get in? Dude, she's got a witch who works on her team. She could just say abracadabra. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the Enchantress could have got her in. Right. I'm saying. Oh, man. But that was a great scene, too. Are you reading um, Justice League versus Suicide Squad? I am. (laughs) This is the segue. This is the segue. Spun out of my damn book. Spun out of my book. And it's yeah, but the same thing is going on in in there with Amanda Waller. She there's a point in the series where she imprisons the entire Justice League in Bell Rev. She's tough. She is. A, she's really a formidable opponent. But the thing I like best about Amanda Waller in, in terms of Batman is it's good that someone has Batman under their thumb. It's good that she knows. Because, like Superman, how do you write a character like Superman that can do basically anything? It gets boring after a while. If Batman is beholden to someone and has to jump through hoops, it makes him, you know, he's fallible at that point. He he's he has to do things he may not want to do. He's put into situations that he wouldn't have put him in himself. It works. You need someone like Amanda Waller in the Bat universe. Otherwise, it's just boring old Batman who could do anything he wants. I agree with that. I agree with that. I won't give any shit. I, I love that. Uh, I loved when she comes in though, and and uh, she fucking like runs her finger over the the, the coin, and, like implies that it's dusty. Like like yeah. Alfred's not doing she's, his job. She's great. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Poor Alfred, man. He takes a lot of shit in these books, right? Uh, Another one of my favorite lines was, uh, and this is from the prior arc, but when. when uh, when he's when when Bruce is talking to Alfred, like you know, how can I help her? And you're like, you're like, dude, I, you're like you, you, you put on a bat suit and jump off of buildings every night. Do you really think I helped you? Like, I mean, like, and I was like, God, oh, that's truth right there. So much love for that. I, dude, I love that line too. But that is an exact example of of, of a writer learning to write Batman and, and and sort of the stumbling blocks of the whole thing. I think about that page constantly because I. The, that's huh. an issue, issue people haven't read. It's issue six, um, and it's a, it's like a super. I like super simple concepts in comics, uh, and it's sure. just uh, it's Gotham Girl, and she's go, she's out. She's her Britney Spears out of her mind, and she's talking to herself. And Batman sort of has to bring her back from the edge um, of insanity to sort of feel her own um, desperation and fear, and. Uh, and, and I'm writing that, and, and, and you want to write an issue because it's a one and done. I got Ivan Reese, like I have the perfect artist. It's going to look beautiful. I have a great concept, and you're getting to that point, and you're like, I want to show evolution of a character because in a one and done, you want to show that the character has sort of moved just a little bit. And so you get to and, and, and you get to that scene where you're talking about, and, and I'm, I'm like, what revelation, what epiphany can he have? Because that's all fiction is to give your characters epiphanies. And I was like, oh, this is great. He he he, he realizes that he can't help her in sort of a normal way. He can't just sort of... Because he's trying to help her by sort of saying, I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you. And he has to realize that, that the only way to help her is to sort of share his pain with her. I was like, that's a good revelation to have. And how's he going to get there? Oh, he calls Alfred and and he, and he asks Alfred, how, how did he fix me? And, and Alfred's like, I never fixed you. And he's like, oh, then he, it occurs to him that he's broken in the same way. And I was like, God, this is all great. And um, it's all great because I'm such a fucking humble guy. And... <laughs> uh, and the issue comes out, I'm super proud of it. And then people start pinging me and, and, and on 
Twitter and they're like, dude, fucking Batman's raised four, four to five Robins, depending on the count, all of whom have lost their parents, and he's built all these people up. He doesn't just have to ask Alfred how to raise, how to, how to get through pain. And I'm like, that is a hundred percent legitimate claim. And, 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 and they're a hundred percent right in, in, in saying that if you look at the entire arc of the character, like he would know exactly the right thing to say to, the, to that woman, but that's not that doesn't make for interesting drama, and that doesn't sort of talk to his character if you if you put it that way. So that, mm-hmm. that's interesting. That's the exact tension in Batman. If if you if you take the con, you have to build on the continuity, but if you take it too seriously, then the character gets completely lost because he's already learned every single lesson. He's just too perfect. Yeah, but that's you know to play to your side of the equation. You have children. I have children. When you have kids, you don't just raise them. You just, oh, I have a child now. I will. I will raise this child. What do you? What do you do? You ask people who have children. Hey, what do you do when they shit the bed? Well, you help. You know. So you 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 consult quote experts in in children. Like that's the same thing Batman did. I do. I, I, and, and also, I have, I have three children, and you raise the first one, so you're like, I know how to do the next two, and you have no fucking clue how to do the next one right. or the you, third one. You wing uh-huh. it most of the time, right? Yeah, you, you, you. I mean, this is probably a horrible parenting thing to, to say, but I feel like sometimes you don't raise your children; you discover your children just a little bit. Oh, I like that. Where you're like, oh, you're that kind of kid. Okay, then I have to sort of, uh, yeah. So I, I, I see that too. Yeah, never mind. I'm perfect. Fuck those people. You are. I told them so. Yeah. Uh. So what else? We have a ton of stuff to talk about. What, what are you All reading right. now? Besides, let's. I mean, I, I want to hear more Batman and stuff. But what yes. what are you reading? What are you grooving on? Uh, I just reread Hickman's Secret Wars today. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's so good. It's ridiculously good. It is so good. Um, what the hell's going on with Hickman, man? I hear things. I hear things, but you know he's got every opportunity in the world, so he must know what he's doing. That's what I think. No, I know. I just feel like uh, you know he was like rolling out. I mean, he's still doing he's still doing the east and west pretty regularly, but everything else is kind of slowed down to a crawl. Yeah, he doesn't watch himself. Remender's going to be the new Hickman. Maybe it's yeah, maybe I got love for him both. So. Me too. Me too. I'd like to see those guys go back to Marvel. I, I feel I feel like Marvel is. I mean, you guys are the Marvel zombies. You tell me. I Not feel all like, of us. Uh, I, You've I been listening, up, apparently. I grew up a Marvel zombie. That's that. That's that's where, that, that's that. My, my heart and soul started with that company, and yeah. um, the model they have, where their best creators go to Image and they lose them after three or four years, it's just. I feel it's not good for that company. It's it's like they that that company needs Hickman and Remender to still be in it and to still be writing great books. Well, I mean, I guess it's funny that I guess it's just interesting perspective, like you say that company. But I I guess I view it as like it's a Marvel and a DC thing, no? Yeah, no, it's true. No, it's true that that DC too. No, but but DC doesn't. I don't know what the, what the what the trajectory is. I feel like DC they they lock they lock the people down and they, and they pay them more, but Marvel tends to get, um, I don't know the te- the the more I don't want to say the better talent, but uh, for a while there Marvel was getting better talent, but hopefully we're catching up now. Since they got me, of course they got all the down and shit. for sure, Mister Humble. No, that's a yeah. good point. Um, you were in the ground floor of the rebirth. Yeah. What I want to know is. Was that 
a carefully crafted plan from the get-go, or was it just like, fuck it, we got to do something. Let's just wing it and just, you know, try and write good stories and see what happens. Was it, was, was it a, um, what level behind the scenes did they approach this, this new paradigm? Like, was it, was it super cultivated or was it just like, yeah, we got to change, so let's just change? Well, there's a big Vulture article on it. If you want to read like what everybody's opinions are, uh-huh. um, you should just Google that Vulture article. You weigh in as well? Yeah, they interviewed me for it. I didn't read it, but I imagine it's more detailed and factual than what I'll say from my point of view. Uh, my understanding is the way it sort of went down was the double ship came first. The idea that sort of we're going to switch to the most popular books we're going to do twice. And then we're going to, to pare down all these sort of books that aren't working. Cause I, I, don't forget, I was also in DCYOU. I was there from the beginning of that thing. Um, and even a little before then with Grayson, Grayson started a little, Grayson was one of the books that inspired DCYOU, which was a complete disaster for the company. So yeah, fucking bring it. <laughs> um, and Omega Man was a DCYOU book. And, uh, and so the, the, the first idea was they're going to do this double ship. And everyone knew that sort of Jeff was going to lay off because 52 was coming up and he was going to do this movie stuff, which is what he's been doing at uh, Jeff Johns. Um, but they turned to him to sort of be like, how do we justify this? And I think that gave Jeff sort of the opening to sort of look at the whole line and realize that there was sort of an energy missing from in new 52. Yeah. There was a disconnect with the fans um, that was uh, really killing the company. They're not killing the company, so it's more dramatic. But they had done, they had gone too far away from the core of the characters to say they lost the sense of things. Um, and and Jeff, I mean Jeff knows I'm a super nerd, so he called me and we literally went through sort of a list of like what was missing from the DCU. And uh, this is before he had sort of the idea of of, or maybe he had and wasn't telling me about it. Of how to restart the universe, and you know stuff like the Teen Titans and um, stuff that doesn't make sense. Like Tim's origin story was all fucked up, and uh, Tim Drake, and um, and certain care. You know the the challenges of the unknown didn't really work, and there were just certain classic parts of the DCU that that went revamped. The New Fifty Two is sort of people had gone too far from the original, and uh, and then and then once. Once Jeff sort of had it in the mind that he wanted to fix all that stuff, he came up with this um, this story that became that rebirth number one, um, which went back to you know Wally West, who was completely missing from the New Fifty Two or the, or the original Wally West, rather, right? and and bringing him back and with him bring back some of that sort of classic, you know, these missing ten years, these missing emotional ten years. Well, it's really working. So, yeah, I mean, it's, people are working really hard to, to get it done. So, uh, and it's, it seems to be a, a big enough success. And uh, I, I like it. I like comics. I like Batman coming out every two weeks. I, I, every time a Batman issue comes out, the first thing I want to be is like, just wait till the next one. Just wait till the next one. And I'm huh. waiting two weeks is hard enough. I can't imagine waiting a month. I think it's a good strategy because um, previous to um, Rebirth, we talked about Batman maybe once every three months. If that, four months. But with the double ship, it feels like, at least Dap and myself, Jason, he doesn't even read it. 
Um, that is such bullshit. <laughs> we're talking about Good. Batman yeah. like ev- almost every week. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's I mean that's the big challenge of it. I mean, for the the first big challenge is the art. Like to make the art not shitty is the is the is, is uh-huh. the big deal. And um, we got. I mean, I'm not. We didn't get lucky on Batman. We had a good editor, Mark Doyle, who came up with this sort of plan where he's he's like, we want superstar artists and we want them to do five issues in a row, which nobody else was going to do. And and and, he, and so we started early enough so Finch could do five in a row, and then we did. Um, Ivan Reese came in and then we did that, that little crossover event and then we could do, Mikkel did five in a row and now Mitch is doing two and then Finch is going to come back and do five in a row so we, so we can, if the art can be good then the book can be good it's, it's the art Wait, wasn't it Riley who did the monster? yeah, Riley did yeah. Yeah, Riley Ross yeah. beautiful yeah, yeah um, about, was so, that um, arc editorially mandated or was that something that you the the Bat team came up with? Actually, no. I I have it, it's it seemed that it was the the night of the monster man was written by Steve Orlando with you and Tim and James. Did did you guys have a lot of say on the crossover, or was it were you guys just there to make sure all the characters were there at the beginning and then were still who they were supposed to be when it ended? We all sat in a room and we had it. Mar- we had those two issues marked out on a, on a bulletin board, saying, "Okay, this will be a crossover. What do you want it to be?" And I think it, I think it was James um, Tynan who came up with. He's like Godzilla versus Batman. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, I'm glad he just said that. Nobody noticed. And then like Mark Doyle is like Godzilla versus Batman. I love it. He writes on the board Godzilla versus Batman. I'm like, no, it's on the board now. How do I get this off? Um, and and then and he's like, no, no, imagine it. Kaiju walking through Gotham, and then you see on the rooftops Batman's going next. To you. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool actually. And um, and then once we sort of had that genesis of our idea. We talked about writers that could do it because he wanted to give us a break. He didn't think we could sort of go straight through. It was and um, wrote five issues. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to take that? (laughs) Is that Frank Miller? That's Frank Miller. Talking about it. Put him on. Put him on. (laughs) Put him on. Yeah. That's how Frank Miller talks. Um. Uh. And so, uh, and Steve Orlando is one of my favorite. Um, writers, so it was a no-brainer when his name came up to have him do it. And all, in all, in all honesty, like I was very little involved in in that. I mean, I was happy to have my name on it, and I had sort of editorial control where Steve was turning in his scripts and calling me and talking to me about it. And mm-hmm. but I was like, Steve, I, I fucking hate when people interfere with my writing. Why the hell would I interfere with your writing? Do your thing. Don't kill Batman, or if you do, bring him back <laughs> to life. And um. Uh, and then that that was my involvement in those issues. That was that was that was all Steve doing his thing. Now, was it your idea to make Bane naked? <laughs> of course, He's like, uh, I'm getting a really good artist on this arc. And then, how mad were you at 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 at, at uh, him not drawing the, the junk for you to see? Oh no, he's got those pages. Oh, you have the you have the you have the unedited pages. <laughs> unedited junk pages. Nice. nice. So I, I, I um. I, I mean, clearly for, in the script, I had to say that he was naked, right? I mean, that was. I was looking for a good take on Bane, and um, and I don't know what what happened. To, my my head went to um, 
Apocalypse Now. Have you guys seen the movie? Yeah, of Come on. <laughs> but like, like Colonel Kurtz, like, like Marlon Brando at the end, just washing his head, you know, and, and talking about Aaron Boyd, the Aaron Boyd. Um, and I was, I was like, yeah, that's what I want Bane to be like. That just crazy guy at the end of the road who's like totally in charge of his own land, but it's full of skulls and insanity. So I sent that clip. I literally like got the YouTube clip and I was like, I kind of want to do him like this, Mikhail. Cause I knew he wasn't going to be in the mask cause he was going to be off Venom. I was like, he's out, he's out of costume and he looks and he has a shape and, and he looks for this. And Mikhail drew him cause Mikhail and I are sort of, maybe almost as a joke because whenever we do characters, you know, I always have Mikhail take the guy's shirt off. He drew him without the shirt and then he just drew him the next panel like buck naked. Oh, okay. And, uh, and it was just for that one, it was just for like that one ceremony. And then he wrote, he wrote a note. Um, back being like, uh, would you want me to put clothes on him for the next issue? Like, he's a clothes or no clothes. And, uh, and I was like, I really want him to be naked. I think that's so fucking cool. But I think the editors will say no. But then my editor, the same guy who approved the Godzilla thing, was like, yeah, no clothes, let's do it, awesome! <laughs> and I was like, oh, Godzilla and, and Naked Bane, you're my kind of man. I like working with Batman. Um, and, and that's how it happened. So it, it was more from Mikkel, but I like it. I think it... I just I like the idea of a guy who's like he he he's he's so comfortable in his own kingdom that he's like fuck it stare at my naked body I don't give a fuck I own all you people. No, I mean that's the thing I bring it up because I I thought that was so creative I was like man this makes perfect sense like this dude's a total badass and he's like I don't give a fuck like I like I'm a physical specimen it's my <laughs> world like what do I need clothes for I got nothing to hide and it seemed like a fun play on the emperor has no clothes because it's like in this case like. Dude's such a badass, he really doesn't have any clothes. Like, he doesn't need them, you know? Yeah, I just, I think of, like, like LBJ, um, when he was president. Like, that was his power move. He used to invite people into the bathroom with him. And then he'd piss and he'd just come out with his dick hanging out. And apparently he was all right with it. And then they was just like, look at me. Now you have to vote for my legislation. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's kind of like an alpha, shitty alpha thing to do. Spoken like a true DC guy. Yeah, I would not be okay with that. Seeing LBJ's dick. No. <laughs> no thanks. Oh, I love it. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So how do you find time to... You seem but he's like, not naked you know, in the next one. He's, he puts his fucking clothes on. Well, I, yeah. I assume the mask <laughs> comes back, right? Spoilers. Now the mask comes back, the venom comes back. That's Batman um, 16. You know, it seems like a lot of guys just don't have... Either say they don't have the time or they don't like read a lot of comics, but you still seem like you're finding the time to read comics. So do you view that as like a key part of, 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 of your job? I mean, or do you just continue to read because you, because you love comics and it just is what it is. Uh, both things can be true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, there, there are times where I'm like, Oh, I can't read another comic just because it scares me. Cause if it's good, I'll be like, Oh fuck this comic. It's good. And if it's bad, I'll be like, fuck this comic. It's bad. Like there's no yeah. scenario there. Right. And then I'll go to a novel, but no man, I'm addicted to this shit. Like I can't get away with it. I just download, I was like, what book should I listen to next? I was like, Oh, here's a history of Superman. I'll listen to that. I was like, what, why would I listen to that? Nerdiest thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty addicted to it. And it helps that like I get all the DC comics for free. So every Wednesday, digitally, I get every single one of them, so I can just read whatever I want, and uh, so that makes that makes that makes it super easy. So I read most of DC Comics just because they're there and they're easy, and also my friends make them. It's part of having a conversation. But you know, it's weird. Like when I used to work for Mar, I used to, again used to work for Marvel back in the day, and I would read every single Marvel book that came in. That was sort of my job was to be um, one of their continuity guides kind of person. 
And uh, and after a while, I got so bored with it because I just saw the formula. It was like seeing the Matrix. Like I couldn't read. Yeah. Comics anymore. <laughs> um, and because all Marvel books were written the same way, it was a five-page fight scene, three-page talk scene, four-page fight scene, two-page. There was like hundred percent of formula on how to do it. And um, and it always written backwards. It'd always be like the fight scene was was a flashback. And so it just so just because they had to start the fight, and you couldn't say why they were fighting, and then you had to decide why they were fighting on page six. Um, and I hated it. And I thought when I would get in comics, because I know that I know basically every single, not every single, but 80% of the writers, I know them from drinking with them or they're talking with them. And so you'd think I would just, instead of seeing the comic, I'd see their fucking stupid faces that I love. Uh, but no, I, I still get involved in the story. I still get like sucked in. And uh, it's it's not like that anymore. I, I I and the whole point of reading is like when you read a book, you want to like lose the page and lose the words and just have your imagination take over. You want that magic to happen where you don't think about the fact that you're reading. And I can still get to that sort of fugue state. Exactly. Uh, yep. So how do you deal? I mean, you are a, again. We know you, so you know, you know you you love you love comic art. Um, you know, I I think again, like put myself in your shoes. It's like. I don't know because I'm such an art fanatic. Like I, I, I worry that if I were in your position, that there would be times when, inevitably, especially as your career goes on, like I write a script that I think is killer, and even an artist that's well respected and and is a talented artist, like I get the pages back and I'm like, this is not the right thing. It's not the right fit. <laughs> like I, I'm not asking you to put anyone on blast, and I'm going to presume you're going to say that's never happened yet. But like, no, dude, that's happened a thousand times. So how do you like? How do you deal with that? You just internalize it and say, like, that's part of the process? Or do you, do you come back to, like, your buddies and say, shit, like, he didn't draw it the way I wanted to draw, but, like, it's okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, for me, I think it would, like, be, it would be bothersome. It would be hard for me to just get past it. I was on a panel with, with, uh, Tim Seeley, my brother, who used to write Grayson with me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was, it was an all writers panel. And, you know, Tim was an artist for 10 years. Yeah. He was a writer. Uh, and, and he's like, he's, he's like, dude, I want to let you know on a secret. I know you guys think you're wonderful, but every artist you work with hates your fucking guts. <laughs> huh. I was like, what is that true? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying them the nicest way possible. But yes, it's true. You think they're your friends, but they fucking hate you. I mean, they love you, but they hate you. Um, so I, I try to keep that in mind that, the that, that as much shit, when I see something that they don't, that, that didn't agree with what my brain said, they saw a thousand things in that script that they hated. So it, it, on some level, we're even that way, right? Like it's all compromise. It's all, you know, you got to find compromise. And there, there are times when, when I'll, um, I'll contact an editor and be like, that doesn't work. Or nor normally what I do, I, I'm fucking, I'm sorry about all this name drop, but this is how I learned comics. I ask people questions about them. So I, I was talking to Marv Wolfman, and he's told this story before. It's not a secret story, but like he he wrote the first um, black superhero for DC Comics back in the day, and um, he wrote the whole thing. They drew the issue. I can't remember who the artist was. I know Neil Adams did part of it. And, um, it was him and Len Wein wrote it. And he got the pages back, and they're about to print. And he got the call, being like, "You can't do." It was 1968. You can't, you can't print this comic. And then he's like, why not? He's like, cause our southern, we just got calls from our southern stores and they're not going to put it on the shelves. Which is crazy, right? 68. Um, 
And uh, so he had to, he told me he had to rewrite the comic, but he had to use the art that was already there. And it, the whole comic was about the dude being black because you couldn't write about a black character without writing about that back then, right? I'm sure he was called the black Amazon or some horrible thing. Uh, <laughs> and um, so they, they had Neil Adams come in and just like drew a helmet over the dude. And then he had to redo the entire comic to mean something different than what it was in the letters. Uh, and he told me he loved it. I mean, he didn't love the racist part of it, but he loved the challenge of it. The idea of like, here are these pictures and I have to make these pictures tell a different story than my original intention. So I, I try to think of that story when I get back to something I'm like, that's not what I originally meant. But I was like, can I make it better than what I originally meant by adjusting the letters a little bit? And, uh, and so I, I try to cling to that. So that's a long answer for a short question. Yeah, I mean, look, and I just, yeah, I mean, it, it's honest. Uh, do you, do you still, have you been claiming pages from your issues? Like, have you been acquiring pages from the guys? Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough because I fucking work with too many guys who work digital. Oh, wait, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Mikel is all digital. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mitch is all digital. Oh. I have one. Well, it, I, I don't mean to, because I have, I have a page from Punisher. I know that he, he does a lot. He made, I don't know if he's just completely digital now, but I, on the Punisher stuff, there were, he had panels, he had, he had Punisher, he had Frank, and he had the dog Lou on, on page, but I know that when I read the finished copy, that there were things that were in the background in the panels that he obviously did in either SketchUp or Photoshop where he pasted them into the panel. So, but, but you're saying, so now he's just completely digital, no paper at all? Yeah, now he's complete. Yeah, he's completely digital. He did for sheriff. He did an advertising piece or like a preliminary piece, which was a little um, eleven by seventeen, and he gave it to me. And it's the only sort of paper copy of sheriff that oh, exists. Wow. So I have I have that above my desk. But um, for Finch, man, I went to a Finch is all paper, um, but he pencils and, and someone inks him. And he does a very old school where he like FedExes the pages to him, so it's nice. So it's mm. not like there's a blue line copy and an inked copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went to a con and they were selling some pages from Batman one. I bought two, I bought two pages from Batman one, one from Batman two. And then he, he gave me the cover to Batman one, that the first cover for Batman number one. I have that in oh, my nice. office. So, I mean, I have those up prominently. They're just beautiful. Finch is so good on the page. I mean, I, I, I love what Jory does with his colors, but he has so many lines. It's just gorgeous. And, uh, yeah, uh, I just ordered, I, I had no idea. And some of these people like Barnaby, I thought he was digital and he wasn't. Um, so I just got two pages from Barnaby from Omega man. You could, and, you could send those to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> people should, you know what you should get? Honestly, if you're out there and you're collecting art, get a vision page from Walter cause he has I them and they're going to be, wait, wait where's he selling them? Uh, he sells them personally. Just reach out to him through Twitter. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. And look what you did. Stuff. Yep. Look what you did. You got his contact info? <laughs> yeah, I'll send his contact info. All right, I'm all yeah. Oh, my I God. Mean, I think, I mean, I, I, so I'm bragging again, but the vision is very popular. Those pages are going to go up if people are looking just to invest in pages. I got, so he sent me, he gave me a page for free, and then, no, he gave me, no, I, I tried to buy a page for him, he didn't, but I have the the single page splash, my favorite panel from the whole book, which is just where um, Vision's trying to, after uh, the first dog dies, he's making the second dog, um, and he's got blood on his face. It's just a one-page splash. I have, I have that up my wall. Oh man! All right, are people interested in the stupid original art I have? 
There's the link. Uh, the link to his uh, Twitter. He has a blogspot uh, thing posted on his Twitter, and it last yeah, he last updated in 2014. So I'm guessing that's not the uh, the right no, spot to find. He's him. on Facebook though. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's on. Yeah, friend him on Facebook. A message. Yeah. Well, it could. If only I knew someone that knew him personally, that'd be easier to. Right. Oh, that. That's true. I can also vouch for you. I will. I will happily. Vouch. I can use. I'll give you his email. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right, gonna call some pages. Yeah, that's, that's, that's messed up. Oh, I love the pages. <laughs> you do. God, why not, John? Look up for the pages. Can I just tell you that you know you have a problem when your accountant has a chat with you? No. About the art consumption. Yes. <laughs> the wife and the accountant last week had a little sit down with me. That's good. That's a good sign. That means you're pushed right to the limit. That means that you was right at the limit. That's what I said. I'm like, guys. I'm like, they're like, no. They're like it's fine. They're like, but we just wanted to make sure you conceptualized how much are you bought this past year. I'm like, no, I'm good. I got it. I got it in the catalog. It's scanned. It's in Cam McCart fans. I know exactly what I bought. <laughs> Thank you. It's all good. Oh, I love art so much. So, so now, so we're at the end of. I know you guys have probably done this, but what's your favorite piece you got in 2016? Oh my god, dude! It's like picking a child, man. So, what's your favorite I, child? You got three of them. Which is the best? Do <laughs> we can do either my, question first? My youngest is clearly the best because he's still sweet. That's how uh, I feel about my too. Right. It's, yeah. He still doesn't become a jaded fuck like everybody else in the world. <laughs> um, oh, man. I don't – you know what? Honestly, I I, I mean, I, I love pretty – I mean, I try and buy things I love. But I have to say that from a, a spiritual perspective, a karmic perspective, um, although it's certainly not by classic standards like a quote-unquote important page – Finally having a uh, Busema Avengers page just feels so right to me. I mean, these guys know. I mean, you know, the legends, I mean, Busema, John Busema's arguably my favorite artist of all time. And, and Busema Avengers is my – what's that? I'm, I'm 100% with you on this. Yeah, so I, I, I got, a again, what would be considered in the, the collector's world a minor page in the sense that it's not like, you know – uh, but, but yeah, but it was, it was a nice page, a couple of the, couple of the Avengers on it, and, and I got it from, uh, one of the Comic Link auctions this past year, and, uh, so yeah, it just, just it makes me, you know, giddy just to think that I have in my, in my gallery a, a, a Busema Avengers. Just feels right, you know. I have a Busema mm-hmm. Avengers. What, what issues do you have from? Uh, hold on one second. I will tell you. Um, we're talking early. We're talking. Tom, I, have, I have a Tom no, Palmer. No, like Tom Palmer. Yeah, Tom Palmer inks. That's what yeah. I got. I got. I got Avengers three hundred. It's my first comic book ever. I have. It's my. It's my prize. Oh base. snap! Yeah. I'm thinking like oh, I think I want to see two eighty nine, but let me just double check here. Hold on. Are you opening oh, the spreadsheet? That's a good arrow. That's no, right. open spreadsheet. I'm going to my my calf gallery. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerds. <laughs> oh, believe me, he's got a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. No, I don't actually. For my art, it's all in my calf gallery. You, wow! But what if what if calf goes? The only things up? I don't have in my calf gallery are the stuff that's worth already framed and hanging in the in the in the hallways of the house, which you guys have seen. That I I don't want to bother taking out of professional framing and scanning. But um, so uh, let's see. Art by Aubrey Year. This is great radio, by the way. This is phenomenal great. radio. I got mine. I was at you know one of those conventions where those those guys who don't put their shit online and they just have it in. Bins completely unorganized, you know, uh-huh. and you have to look through thousands of pieces of shit. And then, you like, found was, a Busema Avengers page in that? I found a Busema Avengers page. I was like, oh, I won. And it was, it was, it was before I was making some money, so it was like a big expense. But I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just take the hit for my wife because it's like I, I know I won't, I'll be able to eat next month. It's just will my wife? How much my wife will yell at me for buying this page? Um, uh, all right, so it's um, it's issue two ninety. 
Two ninety. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's got Namor, She Hulk, and Machine Man on it. So again, like not like by nobody stretch like core Avengers, but but uh, beautiful page, well constructed, and um, look. I mean, I, I, I have no doubt I, I aspire to have some some significant Buscema Avengers work at some point. You know, I've 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 gotten to know a bunch of other collectors. You know, as time has gone on, and you know some of the the OGs, the guys that have sort of jaw dropping collections, and the one thing they all seem to have in common is that they get to a certain point in their collecting where they they uh, they get enough art like from a voluminous <laughs> perspective that they start like rethinking about their perspective on it and they start trading like pieces and or multiple pieces for like other pieces sure yeah and to this point I've never once sold or a, I've never sold a comic book or a piece of art I've ever acquired like like uh, but but I, I feel like maybe I'm at the point where I would con- I would strongly consider like going to a dealer or another collector and saying, you know, hey, if this guy says I like these five pages, like, I would consider, like, you know, trading certain things for other things that are harder to come by, like, you know, like a, a an Excalibur page or an Alpha Flight page or a Busemba Avengers page. Like, I would I would strongly consider that now. Um, I feel like I'm at that point just because those are the things that I, like, I want those things because I would have them framed on my wall in my office and just look at them, like, for half of my working day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that would be... So, I'm, I'm waiting for a Vince page as well, but he <laughs> yeah, that's what's problem. He keeps promising me and then not delivering it. So you'll get it, you'll get it. Well, nice. All of the original art that I would actually buy is far beyond my reach at this point. Way too expensive. Like if I'm going to buy original art, I want a Kirby, but I can't afford a Kirby. So I mean, no one can. Right, so I don't even. There's so many Kirby's. How can no one afford them? They're just—it's just too much. Well, I mean, I, I think Vince would want a Commandy or oh, want definitely, a, and freaking Larson has all the the great Commandy pages. He does really. I didn't. Yeah, he's got you them. Yeah. Oh, Larson has the, the easily the world's best Kirby collection. I think he, he at least has the, a, no, the known best known Kirby collection. Right. There are some guys like there are legends of guys that own like crazy amounts of Kirby, but. But in terms of like guys that are out in the public and fully acknowledge it, yeah, it's it's right. Larson. My, my favorite. I mean, what? No, I was going to say like Larson has the unfair advantage, at least from my perspective, of he has acquired a tremendous amount of ridiculous art because he too is a ridiculous artist. He has traded you know full issues of Savage Dragon to other collectors for right. pages that he's wanted. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Put it this way: my favorite comic of all time is Commanding Number Nine, and Eric owns the entire issue. Like, really? you just want to stab him in the neck. You know, like, wait, wait, it was nine? Dude, yes. So when nine. I sent you the picture of eight, no wonder you didn't react. Uh, that, could, that could be. Yeah. I was at that other comic shop and I sent you the picture of eight. Yeah. And Num- I, number nine. I Tracking site. Cool. The one with the bats. That's my favorite cool. issue. Okay. Yeah. So we said that we would have Tom on not to only talk about himself, but to talk about comics as well. Oh, right. That is true. I, but, but, but I'm doing a commanding issue, so you have to tell me what, what commanding thing I should do. Oh, dude. Mm. dude. Well, you doing the Comedy Challenge? I'm in the challenge. Yeah, he's in Kev- there. I'm with Kevin Eastman. I don't know if you've heard of him. Ah, yes. Wait, you're uh, with Kevin Eastman? Yeah. Well, you got to do You're just stroking Vince's cock this week. you got to do the bats. you got to do tracking site. Do the bats. I don't know anything about Comedy. Like, I, like the book, I, I tried to buy the old book, and I couldn't find it. Wait, what? My, my ho- Comedy knowledge is less than All right, I will hook you up. Let's just leave it at what that. What are the bats? Tell me about the bats. How there's, do I get this done? There's, there's mutated bats who 
is there a man and he is sad about his parents? There's a an evil an evil virus called Mordecacus that just kills everything. <laughs> Mordecacus, there, there's a um, a murderous the murderous midget. I, I'll hook you up. You got to do the bats. If Kevin Eastman draws the bats, that's a match made in heaven. I will buy. I'll buy the entire issue. Damn. <laughs> For cover price, and then I'll look into the original art. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but yeah, I knew you were involved in the Commandy Challenge. We, uh, Jason does not pay attention to me because I have said it. Oh, you have? I'm sorry. I have. All right, let, let's let, <laughs> well, let's talk some comics. Let's do it. Jason, for a while, has been um, praising, praising <laughs> to the high heavens this book called Deadly <gasps> Deadly Class. Oh, I'm so happy right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm so reluctantly, I read the entire series, 25 issues. Is it over? Did it end? No, it's not no, over. No, no, no. He's caught up. He's caught up. I'm caught up. Um, Shame on you for asking that question, Tom. You should know the answer to that. Damn. I, 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 it's not a book I follow. I mean, I'm oh. a fan of Remender. I've heard good things, but I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Remender writes it. That's a plus. Wes Craig puts it down. Yes, he does. Uh, the visuals are what propelled me to keep reading the series because the narrative, at least for the first... 15 issues, that's a stretch. I mean, if if you have to make a commitment to read 15 issues. I absolutely hated the book for the first at least 15 Uh, issues. because 15 issues? Hating the book? Well, no, because it's it's exquisitely drawn. Wes Craig, every page is superb. His pacing, his character design, the action, the body language – the, the, everything about this book is a visual treat. The lettering, the coloring by Lee Lowridge. It, it, visually, it is a stunning freaking book. So as an illustrator, I was getting off on just the, the surface level of this book, looking to see how he solved all the problems and, and, and manipulated the, the viewer into, into, and sucking them into the, the, the narrative. And it's like, oh my God, this book is beautiful, but I cannot stand it. Any of these characters, I don't like John Hughes movies. I I hate them with a passion, with <laughs> with, with the exception of, of Home Alone. Um, sure. And, and um, the Deadly Class is a John Hughes movie with guns and blades and bombs. The, the the kids are constantly obsessing over every emotion they have and like, what does this make me and how will this be perceived and will this get me in good with this person or what click will 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 not. Um, allow me to get in with it. Like it's just it's it's excruciating at some point, but I kept with it. <laughs> now, by the way, let me just jump in for a second. So, uh, Tom, one one of the reasons we wanted to have you on this week is because, uh, and I'm sure you know this because you listen religiously. Uh, is is um, next week is our annual eleven o'clockers. Which is our award ceremony. Yes. (laughs) And so we thought it'd be appropriate to have you on before. We'll leave it at that. Um, You're going to sweep. But, (laughs) right, exactly. The intrigue. Uh, Yeah, because you need to be on another best of list. Um, And we, we did, you know, I, so I've mentioned to these, to Vince specifically, like, hey, uh, you know, Deadly Class is going to factor into my Olympic Oscar. So I would hope you could read it so that we can. And, um, and then he, he slacks me what he just said to you, which is like, 
it's fucking Breakfast Club with swords. And I'm like, <laughs> or John Hughes movie with swords. And I'm like, and? I'm like, exactly. That's why it's awesome. And he was like, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's going to break my heart because the guy's not going to like it. But there's an, a lot of other things going on in there, too. Like, Remender inserts all this commentary on music. And he he defines punk at one point. And he's spot on. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but he's spot on. And uh, there, there's an issue where a guy walks into a record store and he's got a B-52 record. Yep. And, and, um, I'm on their page. Yeah. And then there's this, there's this German kid who loves metal. He loves, he did metal. And metal is the only thing he listens to. Is it Gunter? Is his name? Helmet. 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 Sorry. Helmet. And he, you know, at one point he's, he's quoting Iron Maiden. The tr- yeah, the, the trooper, and it's like, it. I love this guy. But he's like, you listen to that faggy shit? Why do you listen to that? And the guy who has the record tries to convince him. He's like, this is brilliant, and this is why it's brilliant. And it's and he, Ed Remender is so right. Like, I thought the same thing about the B-52s back in the day, and I tried to convince my friends to listen to them. They would look at the album cover and say, uh-huh. I am not listening to that crap. But the, the B-52s are magic, right? Yeah, so so there's so much commentary woven within the narrative about everything that I love, like punk and music and, and rock and roll and metal. And it's just like, I should love this book, but I cannot fucking stand any of these characters. <laughs> but to, rem- to Remender's credit, it's a subtle, and I, I, I can't tell you when it happened, but it did, where I just turned the corner on this. And I'm thinking, I don't like this book. I don't enjoy this book. But this book is one of the best things I have ever read. No, really. And 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 I'm, I'm I love Jason with a passion. I'm thinking, you son of a bitch. You knew it was going to happen, <laughs> and it does. But it's 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 one of those things. It's like I always cite Gold Digger as one of those comics that it's great, but you cannot get into it. In just five or ten issues, you got to read a huge chunk of Gold Digger to understand why Fred Perry is among one of my favorite creators. That's the same thing with Deadly Class. It's not going to hit you initially. You will. The characters are disgusting, and the things that happen to the characters are disgusting and demeaning. And 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 there's there's no light in this book, but it's so goddamn good. So good. It is so freaking good. And and when when the big turning point in the series happens, I'm like, Remender, you are a ballsy cat because you you don't do what he did. It's like taking Batman out of Batman. Right? Really? <laughs> yeah. He well But that's spo- the beauty of a creator on book where you control the universe, right? Spoilers. One 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 of the main characters dies. In and in, uh, in, in a very I hasten to say more than one. Well, no, no, yeah. I'm like like there's a spotlight on maybe the. Th- I mean, you can no, no. say the. Well, I see. I don't want to do that because I want to. I want to entice somebody to read this. There, there, like, Kirk, like a kind of a Kirkman level movie. Yeah, no, there's there's a spotlight shown on a number of characters from the inception of this book, Marcus and Maria. And Saya, um, and and we slowly get to learn what makes them tick in a in a certain way, and they're they're all reprehensible people. Like they kill people. They just they they. Yeah, I mean, they're in a school of assassins, right? right? They're I mean, killers, and and the head of the school is is despicable. He's a 
he he makes Amanda Waller seem like um, J. Jonah Jameson. You know, yeah, he could walk into the Batcave without me having an issue. Sure, right. <laughs> but but no, and and it's just it's violent and it's dirty and it's it's amazing. It's an amazing Dang. freaking book. Yeah, and I I I hated it, oh. and I still hate it to a certain extent. I really don't like it, uh, especially the new status quo. I mean, helmet is is the the saving grace for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you were you were spot on, Jason. I got I got to give you props when when I'm wrong, I I will fess up, and I was I was deadly wrong <laughs> about deadly class. <laughs> Can I ask a single question? Did you read it catching up in trades or in digital singles? Or no, in digital? I, I read the single digital issues. Yeah, digital. And I there was a point where I couldn't stop. I read the first one. I'm like, uh, well, I, I originally read the first maybe three. I'm like, nah, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm this. It's it's too dark. And Jason propelled me to read them, and I read the first ten, and I'm like, he's insane. This book sucks. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's beautiful, but. Uh, it's Molly Ringwald with a with a with a katana, and and then um, the magic happened. But I, I how much do you hate Shabnam? I think I'm gonna cry. No, <laughs> she, she, I, I I like Shabnam the least. Oh, of yep. course. Yeah, yep. I, I I I want him dead. He's the least redeemable. At least the other ones are earning their places. Despicable people. And, and this 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 fat um, is is he Korean? No, I think he's angry. I think he's he's Anglo. Is he really? I got okay. I think so he, he's a he's an overweight kid who never got any. Um, he just craves attention, and he tries to glom on to the main character, and the main character's not having it. So, um, Marcus kind of in a in a drug induced stupor, he sleeps with this this equally overweight girl that Shabnam has has lusted for since the get-go and so he's got a grudge against this kid and he manipulates events in the entire series to to take certain people out and he's looked upon as like this master manipulator when in, in a sense all he wants to do is get a little bit of ass and and <laughs> and even the person that she recognizes that shabnam is 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 good at what he does but she still won't give him any and and so he's he's cuckolded from even the person you know his, his love and he's just he just has this this maniacal hatred of everyone around him and he's a scumbag but the 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 part that I was like oh my, the to- took me totally by surprise there's 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 a clandestine love affair in the book between two guys and they make these plans to help each other out in, in the event that, you know, the shit's going down, I'll look out for you, you look out for me. Okay. Um, because, you know, and then Shabnam gets the goods on these two guys. He gets pictures of them doing what they do. And their parents, who are, like, their parents are, these are the children of, like, high-level assassins and crime bosses. And, like, warlords and, and dictators. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. If their fathers ever got this information, they, their lives would be over. And And he puts them in a place where, and this is another spoiler, the 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 one kills the other in cold blood, but he loves him. Yet he still kills him because he wants to graduate with honors in this this program. It is insane. This book is insane. You got to read. Yeah, it. I mean, well, and you know, what's really interesting. I mean, uh, I don't know how to. There are artists where they're. I don't know, like. I guess you could say like universally applauded, right? Like you mm-hmm. know where. 
I guess their art is so traditionally beautiful that everybody just fawns over them. Sure. And I feel like, you know, I don't know that Wes is in that camp. Oh, yeah, I think he definitely is. I mean, he, he may not well, no, be. I think he should be. I he should be, saying. I don't right. think he's, per, like, I don't think, I, I, I'm such a huge fan of his art. And again, not just simply the line work. I mean, th- there are lots of artists that I, like, would be thrilled to have a pinup of, right? They don't necessarily think their sequentials are, like, off the charts special. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who are impeccable sequential storytellers that I don't necessarily feel compelled to own, like, their art just because, like, as a standalone art piece, I don't know that it it compels me. For me, like, Wes is just the perfect balance of the two. Like, I, like, I don't... I am constantly mesmerized by his choices yep. from a layout perspective and, his, and, a, and a panel. Like, it's... I love his line, for sure, but, but it's, it's... I just... There's never an issue that I don't take a moment to... to you know, whether it be one, two, three, four pages, like specifically, I'm like, man, like what an amazing choice to tell the story this way. And, um, and it's just unique. And, you know, as you guys know, I own a bunch of his pages and like, like he'll, you know, he, he works traditionally, but then like every now and then, like I own a page where he decides to do it in purple ink, like just because like, and it's just, I don't know. It's just like, he sees the world in such an interesting (laughs) way, you know? Yeah. Um, let's just put it this way. Um, and, and art people can get this. Right. Jaime Hernandez is pretty much universally acclaimed as one of the best sequential artists of all time. Yes? Sure, sure, yeah. For sure. Oh, for sure. Deadly Class could hold its own with the best of, Jaime, nice. of Jaime's Love and Rockets. I, I feel one of Remender's great gifts is his eye for art is second to none. Yep. Artists he oh, finds it's, it's, are just... Yeah. Artists, he, 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 and he finds them before they're big and once... They work with him. They're huge. I mean, he's just since since the very beginning, he's always had that. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, it, you know, Opeña, who's one of the best in the business at this point, in my opinion. Uh, of course, he, I agree. Every, he's it's like it's like the great white whale for me. Every time I see him at a con, uh, I bring up the fact that years ago he mentioned to me in passing that he's got all of his fear agent pages hmm. sitting in a storage locker in Brooklyn. What? Um, I think he said a garage. Yeah. Or a garage, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Because he, you know, Fear Agent was not a commercial success, at least back when they were doing it, and he was not a name. And uh, so there was really, as, as stunning as this is to me, there was no demand for the pages. And so he stored them away, and now then he went on other things, and now he is, I mean, his pages, I mean, his pages, just for those that don't know that are listening, I mean, uh, a uh, a page of his now is you know fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, he's, sure. he's he's a very high end artist at this point, justifiably so. But I'm saying he's a very high end artist. Um, and and also to to my chagrin, he he doesn't often, although he has on occasion like with the Avengers OGN, but he doesn't often ink himself anymore. He he, uh, he he's doing it with Seven to Eternity, which is awesome. But for a while, especially with Marvel, he was um he was just penciling super super tight pencils. Like ridiculously tight, but uh, but then inked by someone else. Um, but but yeah, he's got all these inked Fury pages that uh, literally nobody owns. And uh, every time I see him, I bring it up, and he's like, "Yeah, I got to dig those up." And if I do, I'll reach out to you. And then he never, he just never has the incentive <laughs> to do it. So it's like, I just I don't know. I just I want to like wring his neck and be like, "Get those freaking pages out, man!" Like, let me buy them. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, you you were absolutely correct. 
my man. Yeah. And, and I would be. Re- I'm glad you did tell me that because when we do this end of year thing, I would be completely remiss in in doing my due diligence for this for the show if I did not read Deadly Class at least in terms of having the the knowledge to to say no, it's not the best of the year, or it is the best. You know, so it, it, that's on you, and I, I'm I'm thankful for that. My man, nice. Yeah. So 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 TK, who who are the who are the young writers or artists that uh, that that we in our audience should know about that that maybe aren't on the coming yet? The, the next Tom King. The next Tom King. <laughs> You're not allowed to say Tom Fowler either. Anyway. How can there be a Tom, Tom Fowler's about to come up? Tom Walker needs to get on a book. Um, well, he's doing happen, but it won't he's, Batman. He's doing his own thing right now. All right. Um, have you guys been reading the? Um, the Flintstones comic? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, One of these guys were on from Jump, and I was reluctant, but they they were right. I was also on. I was also, I was like, I don't think this is going to work. Or I, I, I just didn't have any interest in it, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know the right way to, to, to put it was. And then, like, you know, it's, it's on, like, every list. And I was like, man, maybe I should see. I sat next to Mark. So it's written by Mark Russell. And I sat next to him when he was doing the doing Prez, which I thought was also brilliant. Um but he was like so political at a panel. I was like, oh, this is just too much politics for a panel, buddy. So, and um, I got a little turned turned off by it. But um, but he was like super cool and super nice. And then I read Flintstones. I was like, oh, this guy fucking knows what he's doing. And it's weird to read a Flintstones comic and think that. And I was like, oh, this is probably what people think when they read Vision a little bit. Like this is, shouldn't be. Or hopefully they think that. I should say. So I, I I would keep an eye out for Mark Russell because he he just he just knows how to put a page together, knows how to make a joke, um, knows how to do what he's doing. Uh, you, don't you don't really expect same sex um, relationships in a book <laughs> in a book like the Flintstones, but he made it work. It, well, for me, I mean, yeah, there was like there was the cool deep stuff, and there was the social commentary, which I thought worked very well. But to me, it was like the little things, like the just like like follow up jokes and little moments, and um, that that are hard. That those are harder to do than big thematic stuff. I think sometimes, right. like to make to make that shit interesting and actually to make me laugh. Like I'm very very laugh at comics for some reason. Uh, so yeah, that was I was blown away by that. Um, I think uh, Joelle Jones. Do you guys know from yeah, Lady know. Oh. from Lady Killer? I think she's going to be. She's. I mean, she's already on fire. She's doing the Supergirl series that's coming out now. Um, and I was just reading Lady Killers over the weekend. I was like, I need to work with her as soon as humanly possible. Yes. Um, she was supposed to do this uh, Catwoman arc that's coming out now with me. Oh and really? She got, yeah, she was originally supposed to do that, and she got the gig, and there was sort of a scramble for artists, and we eventually, um, uh, it, it came to Mitch, which is great, but man, I'd love to work with her so badly. I just can't believe how good she is. Um, so if there's two, I got an artist and a writer. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not, not bad. bad. Joelle's the, that's a DAP favorite right there, Joelle. Yes, indeed. Oh man, she's, yeah, she's, she's gonna, she's gonna blow up. Um, yeah, she, um, she, she is something else. I mean, I, uh, and she clearly has aspirations to be a writer as well, I think, because she's been doing that Lady Killer too, right? She's been writing it as well. So yeah, yeah she's been writing it too. Yeah, the second. And my editor on the writer Jamie Rich is my editor on Sheriff. Oh, that's right. Jamie's at Vertigo now, right? Well, yeah, it's a small little world. Yeah, like are they are they a couple or are they just friends or? They're just friends. 
Because I, the reason I ask is because, I mean, many years ago at Baltimore, Dead Dap and I went to, I, I met Joel and Jamie, like they were set up at a table together before either of them really like, and uh, I just remember talking to them and then she drew a, a Domino Deadpool like playing card commission for me. But like, but like she wasn't, I don't think she'd really done much of any published work at that point. But yeah, she's super clean, dude. Like her, her line is ridiculous. She's yeah, super and, and, clean. And she's super in demand at DC. She must know this. Like everybody wants to work with her on their next project. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, yeah, I, I read Headlopper. You guys read that? Dude, Andrew McLean is our boy. That's your boy? Okay, so good to you know. Yeah, I was blown away. I, I, I didn't know it, but I'm, I'm ignorant. Um, but yeah, I was blown away by that shit. That was brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's, his, he, uh, you know, he kickstarted that for the first two, two go arounds. And, uh, um, and I think he just like built up a, a beloved following from other, cre- other creators, particular artists. And then, you know, then he got the image deal and it seems to be working out well for him. But, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's something else. His wife's badass too. His wife's like super nice and quite fetching at that. So. Oh, oh, oh my. Right. Wait, oh boy. You know, you're such a hypocrite, dude. <laughs> you coming. are, if people heard when we weren't recording the, the, the downright yeah. nastiness that comes out of your mouth. And then we record, and if I burp or if I make a allusion to someone being hot, you're like, oh my goodness, how dare you? How dare you? Sarah? Oh, please, yeah, that's how I sound. Pretty much. You're like, you're like Charles Winchester the third at this point. Well, as long as you didn't say Charles Nelson Riley. Am I right with that? <laughs> I'm going to leave that there. Yeah. Thank you. That. You're welcome. You're welcome. Dap, man, you've been quiet as fuck. Hey, what's man, up I'm with that? Our guest. No, I just, I'm, because there's also, um, I, if it, there are, when we talk about, I You're worried about dying. I get it. Not so much. Um, cause at least, you know, I'll go with the bang, <laughs> but the, 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 um, you know, that's going under the knife next week. Uh, it's not, not really a knife. It's it isn't. Um, Going to the laser. The uh, you okay? Do I need to pray for you? <laughs> yeah, because you said you thoughts and prayers. I got that covered. Do you need some thoughts and prayers? Yeah, I mean, we 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 we've talked about vision, and 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 there are definitely things that um, it, it's weird because they're not with. You end the vision with, you know, it, it's that, that last page. He you know, sends his daughter off to school, and, and then we see, you know, the, the the name of the the title of the issue was Spring, and he's he's working on something. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't foolishly, sadly, hasn't read the series yet. But um, when when that was was that the natural ending? Was that was that the end of the first? arc you were going to do anyway or was or, or did other thing obviously you know we we know you ended up with with dc and and that was your marvel story but you know they're, they're just so there are some some of the questions i may have um may not be suitable i know may not be suitable for uh for you may not be able to get into it too deeply because I might have I, I, I right. That's totally unsuitable. How dare you ask me? That's not right. that it's particularly, but uh, or, or there's some things with with Batman that I may say that uh, that 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 you won't um that may not win 
me any any fans. So I'm going to win whatever fans are told. Like I don't know. I don't. I I personally don't care. It's but but you're on our you're show, friends. so I want to make sure you know you have you you. I I don't want Dan to hear this and be like, yeah, so you guys were on that and and you were talking that shit. So I just I'll ask you some things later on. But um, did you did, did you do everything? Did you do everything? You actually no with champions when you created Vision's family where where um Viv right and and so now Viv is a member of Champions she's living on past your series um when when you were working on Vision when you had to plan for this series did you want to create characters that were going to live on in the Marvel universe or did you were you just I'm going to tell my Vision story. If they don't do anything with these characters after these twelve issues, if if whatever I do in this series, if it doesn't trickle into whatever Wade's doing in Avengers, or you know, if, if nobody picks up this nugget in fifteen years to tell a different Vision story based on something that I may have just hidden away in this panel, that's fine. You just got to tell your Vision story. But I mean, so so you are you reading Champions? Are you happy with Wade still working with their character? Uh, so let me answer the first question a second. Uh, no, no. Uh, basically, uh, when I got this book, I always had sort of envisioned it as a 12-issue series because I just thought it could cancel. I didn't think it could pass. I mean, Omega Man got canceled after issue three. So, and I was, that's, that was my head, sort of my headspace. I still, I still think of books like that. When someone offers me a book, I think, okay, what can I do with 12 issues to make it a complete story? I don't know why, but there's something about 12 issues, that maxi series. I like that format. Mm-hmm. You can tell, I don't know, it's just, it's just long enough that it can be a big story, but it's just short enough that you can actually have an ending. Um, uh, so I, I, I did think of it that way and I did want it to end the way it did. I mean, there were permutations on the, along the way in terms of exactly how I wanted it to end. And when I first went, I mean, I got offered the DC gig, I think I was on issue three or something. And they said, okay, you can go through issue six. And I was like, can I have 12? It was one of my big asks. Cause I was like, I'm going to be writing DC and Marvel at the same time. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can do 12. So I was like, okay, then I can finish it. So yeah, it was always intended to sort of be a complete story at the end. Uh, as, as for Viv, um, First of all, yeah, I mean, Mark, Mark came to me and he, he, he came to me over email and was like, dude, I want to use this character. You can totally say no. I like her. Do you mind if I put her in this story? And I was like, oh yeah, dude, that's, that's wonderful. Of course. Go for it. Win the world. Um, because she's, she's not, a, she's not quite a, she's not a real new character. I mean, just some behind the scenes shit. If you guys care about this stuff, like there are, there are new characters and there are derivative characters and you don't get money off of derivative characters. So oh, you mean from an actual business perspective? From an actual business perspective, yeah. Okay. Like to, um, if you, I mean, not the, if they made like a Vision TV show, I'm sure I'd do, I'd do just fine off of it. But like, you would do, I would do better if they made a show off of like uh, Tiger, an original character I created for Grayson or mm-hmm. something, making right. more money off. Oh, of okay. It. He came out of nowhere, or or Gotham and Gotham Girl, like those are new creators new characters I created. Whereas Viv is doesn't really count. It's like kinda of like creating Batgirl or something. Okay. Um so it's more so it's not a money thing, it's a sort of it's an honor thing to sort of have contributed to the Marvel universe and in that way it is. And I think you know, I used to be in the um 
in the CIA, in the CIA, you move around a lot. And, uh, and I, one lesson I learned from that was like, when you move around, you can't sort of cling to what you just did and hope that the people who come after you do it the same way because it never works that way. It just, mm. you can't, you just, you can't stick to it. I have the same sort of attitude about comics where it's like, when you leave a comic, the people after you are going to do their own thing with it. And you just can't be sad if they do something you wouldn't do because, you know, you, you had your time with it. So, I mean, there's just no point in that, in that kind of shit. Like Next I, time I, you talk to Claremont, let him know that. Yeah, right? <laughs> or, or burn or any of those guys. Yeah. Any of the old embitters. See, now that, because we've had Buckler. Vincent, <laughs> Vincent <laughs> and I have, <laughs> we, we, we've kind of had a conversation <laughs> in the past where, um, I know he's, he, Vincent's used Gaiman as an example, but not Gaiman, I'm sorry, Morrison as an example. Um, and I've kind of countered it with slot where you have somebody who, you know, why would he create this character for this company, not be able to own it, not be able to have anything to do with it once he leaves the company, he doesn't own it anymore. And, and my thinking is, you know, well, if, if, if it's Morrison, he's got a bunch of ideas. If he just wants to fuck around and, 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 you know, do something with create Jezebel Jet or something else in Batman. So now that, that character's living on in Batman's universe. And, and with Slot, it's like, dude, I just created a bunch of characters that are going to reside in a Spider-Man story. And, and that's, you know, so, so the Marvel owns it now, but I made my mark. So it's, it's, you know, you've, you've done both. Obviously you've, you've, you know, Sheriff is, as true life as that is, but I mean, that's, that's a creator own thing. Um, and you're messing around with, like you said, Tiger. And I, I did not know that I, I wasn't aware that Tiger was a, I didn't know he was new. I didn't know he was, he was new to Grace or I didn't know that, that, that you had a hand in creating the character. I thought it was, I thought Agent One was great, but, um, it's, it's nice hearing from a creator who tools around with both and, and is comfortable in creating things that are going to live on after you don't have anything to do with the character and, and, uh, and you have your own things that you can kind of keep to yourself. So thank you for that. Yeah, dude. I mean, the dream is to create something that goes big, but I mean, it's, it's such a lottery. I mean, you guys know this, like what Deadpool was the most recent character, Harley Quinn, maybe those two. Yeah. Harley probably a little more recent, but yeah, that was like, too. that's still gotta be 25 years. Or yeah, something before Harley. Deadpool, I think it was Venom. Yeah, Harley was probably like what twenty years ago, fifteen to Bruce Bruce Tim, right? That's definitely the nineties, right? When the, yeah. Well, the, the 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 Batman movie was eighty nine, and that's when the animated series kind of came out after that. So yeah, so, so real early yeah, nineties. So like, yeah. So I mean, those are the last. It's not every. I mean, Scott did it with the Court of Owls. Like he has, he did that. Um, where those where they're appearing in other media and sort of spreading across the world and getting yep. inside the consciousness of sure. people. And then Grant did it a bit with, I mean, not a bit, but Damien's kind of like half doing. I mean, Damien's a huge that's character. True. Yeah, it's in all sorts of media, but he's also one of those sort of derivative derivative, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's such a unique voice that you know, it's, it's not like when they created um, Tim, where Tim was basically right. Or both Tim, out. Jason, and Dick were all the same character when they started. Um, the eager little boy who had the tragic past. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's, there's a certain level of pride and there's a certain level of 
you can also hit the lottery that way, you know. Rob Rob Liefeld's doing just fine off of that Deadpool movie. You, know? <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think he'll be all right. Which might about to be nominated for an Academy Award, so who knows? Yeah, I don't think it's going to go that far, but it was cool to see it nominated for a Golden Globe. <laughs> it got a Writer's Guild Award. It's on the way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's the truth. But I, it's funny because, you know, my I, was, I had this conversation with my editors because they're like, what what do you want to create in the Batman universe? What what do you want to like? Do you want to make a new villain? Do you want to do to, to add to the Rogues Gallery or something? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have that instinct in me. Like, there's so many wonderful toys to play with. Like, I don't want to work with Funny Guy when I could work with Joker. You know, I don't want to. Mm. Like that that doesn't doesn't right. appeal to me. It says to create something new. Maybe at some point I'll I'll regret that decision. But I'd rather I like building from small. I like building up. Or building from rather than building to or whatever. I don't know how the right way to put it. But the, it appeals to me more to someone to be like, here's vision, here's his limitations, here's what people have done with him, what are you going to do with him rather than being like, Tom, create something brand Like Tim Seeley, he could create, he creates 62 new ideas at once. It's just not my strength. My strength is to take some someone else's idea and see what's kind of perverted about it and bring that out of it. Yeah, I mean, listen, everyone has their own path, right? Like, I remember there was a few years back, I guess, when the Kirkman quote-unquote manifesto came out, which, for the record, has proven to be a completely spot-on reflection. Yeah, on his remember how controversial that was when it came out? People I like, do. Oh, I was, I was very much, I was, I was writing articles for our fanboy at the time, and I wrote a whole article about about the controversy of it. But yeah, I mean, I, I read clear, that article. I'll see that he was clearly right, but um, but I remember during that time. A couple people, most notably in our mind, because we know the guys, is Mike Norton. You know, Norton kind of said, "Listen, you know, it, it, I just like, like I, I hear the idea of creating your own stuff and owning it, but like, there's nothing wrong with just like loving these characters that I grew up with and wanting to spend some time creating with them." Right. And you know, he was unapologetic about it. And I just remember how refreshing that was, that was at the time because, um, you know, he's gone on to do his own creator and stuff with Tim, like Revival and stuff. So, I mean. And, and and battle pug like he's clearly he's he successfully straddled both 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 sides of that now too. But at the time he was like, I'm you know getting regular big two books and I love it. Like I love these characters and I'm thrilled. So I think it can work for both ways. You know you have to have your own path. Um, I mean I, I think that that makes sense, right? And but look, I mean it's fair to say that 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 I, I remember a couple years back like you saying how you had like a great Batman story in mind. Like long before, I think even you would have known that you were going to have a chance at writing Batman. Like that, you know, a year or two later. Um, so, recognizing that you're exclusive to DC and that you know you've got some things already in the works and you're probably full up for the next year or two, what are a couple characters that uh, you know as we fast forward 20 years from now, like that you and you've had an opportunity to work everywhere and do everything? What are characters that you think you have a really great story that you're just you know you would be disappointed if you look back in your career and you didn't get a chance to tell a story of that character? Don't say Spider Man. Don't stroke these guys' egos. Spider Man. Because <laughs> Spider Man's like Batman, right? Is there a new Spider Man story to tell? I'm going to tell the story where Spider Man gets um, pushed to the edge, but doesn't give up and comes back. You know? <laughs> well, couldn't you say the same about Batman? Right? I mean, like, right? Like, for, I mean, that's my point. Like, you you had interesting stories to tell with Batman, but lots of people were like, well, "What am I going to do with Batman?" Like, it's been done, right? That's true. To me. um... I'd like to do something as 
as cool as and redefining as DKR and Watchmen, but in the Marvel universe. Oof. I'd like to do something like that. Um, I don't know. I like maybe you would do it with the Fantastic Four or something like that. Oh, dude! Like so, something that really like challenges the medium, um, but is big and and thoughtful. Because yeah. I, I, how about? I feel like Mar- Marvel didn't how about have. Franklin creates a whole new universe with his powers in his head. <laughs> <laughs> just do onslaught, just straight up. I can't tell you how many times I make Vince groan each night we record. Yep. <laughs> but you know, you know, so like, like, like Marvel. There's some t- temptation about it because Moore and Miller didn't. I mean, Miller did it a little bit with, with Daredevil, but they didn't do their big stuff over there. I feel always like at DC, you, you have. Like I can't tell a better superhero story than New Frontier, a better classic superhero story than New Frontier. Like that's as good as it gets. And I can't tell a better deconstructed story than Watchmen, and I can't tell a better Batman story than DKR or Year One. So like I feel like some of it's been tread, but in Marvel I feel like there's is some open room to move on those cars. So I, I would regret if I didn't do something big like that. You know you are right because as much as 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 we're Marvel Marvel long long time marks, I mean, you know we've had episodes over the years where people say like well what's the best you know hey i'm new like what what, what's the what's the ultimate avenger story or what's in and you know it's it's not as easy to your point right i I don't think it's as easy a thing to answer i mean we have answers for it like we have opinions and you know we've thrown out things like avengers forever and you know pre-scroll but but like but there's not like but it's not definitive i mean it's not it doesn't like those those stories don't don't stand in like the pantheon of all-time great comics in a lot of people's eyes yeah, I mean, and you, I mean, some of it has. I mean, Marvels is the Kurt Busiek Marvels stands out. Yeah, I like Marvels a lot, but but I mean, yeah, I mean, I like I read reread Avengers Forever um, for Vision because there's a lot of stuff on Vision's origin sure. in there, and I mean, it's it's a it's brilliant because it's it's a lot of there's a brilliance to it, but the art is in, just insanely beautiful. But it, I mean, it doesn't hold up with like Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns. It's sort of a no, classic that will be read. It's of its time. Well, Pacheco's never looked better, for the record. Few people have ever looked as good as Pacheco looks on that book. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's 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 really and 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 this and the continuity in that book. No one's ever done that with continuity, where they're just like, we're going to take every single knot that ever got tied and we're going to untie them and tie them back together. I mean, there's a brilliance to that book, but um, but it doesn't. Yeah, I think in Marvel it is it is harder. I mean, and it's almost it's and I swear to God, it's just because. Well, I, I, you could like in my um, pantheon of creators that sort of transcend the medium. It's just four guys. I, I, it's it's Stanley, Jack Kirby, uh, Moore, and Miller, and uh, and you, the Lee and Kirby stuff. I mean, you can go back to the Fantastic Four and put that in its place and say that was just mind blowingly amazing. But again, it's still in of its time. Um, but Moore and Miller didn't do that core work at Marvel, so it, it leaves some space. There's no one core story that one that you can point to, like Dark Knight Returns. That's the quintessential Batman story. Yeah, Marvel has yeah, Marvel has nothing like that. Or when you're one, but a point is right. Or you're one, but that, that's one, the thing to joke, right? to so, DC yeah. strength. There are many there that yeah. that that are these evergreen titles that define the characters for tons of generations but at marvel you would think there would be one spider-man story or one or one fantastic four story that really miller daredevil right and there's 
like there and there's you know there's there Claremont Burn X Men like there but yeah there's right but that's a huge or Avengers, chunk or even FF I mean I guess the original FF would have to count but I mean right the, I mean even even Stan and and Jack's Silver Surfer there's there's really yeah. there's really not one story that boom yep. this is it and they, I think that's what they that's where DC has has the upper hand in that they've completely defined their heroes where Marvel even though they've been around for decades and, and as, as they're as old as we are and then some there's really not one go-to story for their big guns there's no one captain right. america story that you can give to somebody and say this is it this is the only captain america story you really need to read it, well, yeah it, it seems to me that the, the marvel what it has is these runs these legendary runs yes simon's yes, and on right. thor they're hard to um, sell them it's hard to sell but yeah you can't just and but the plots go in. They're, they're they're not just like one plot that goes to one place. It's like you're following a huge soap opera of things mm-hmm. for years, and just to understand it, you have to do do it like that. And to to me, that's the strength of Marvel. And it has it has it over DC. Like like the classic Marvel runs are better than the classic DC runs. But um, but there's these short. Yeah, I don't know. They're different companies. It, it's one thing to throw Dark Knight Returns at someone and. and for their appreciation, but if you dump the crease crawl war on somebody, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna have the same impact. It just it just can't. There's so many things, like you said, going on in that book that require yeah. prior knowledge. Where Dark Knight yep. Returns, you can jump in that complete blank slate and you'll get it. Yeah. 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 And there I mean there's like old man Logan. I mean there's stories you can give to people and those kinds of, and then that uh, It's funny yeah. you mentioned old man Logan. Mm. Because Dap and I got caught up on Old Man Logan by Jeff Lemire this week. Actually, oh, I, this is transition. Train actually. So, no, no, you are. To clarify, I, I wouldn't say I caught up. I decided to take a stab at just a random arc because I have not read Lemire's Old Man Logan from the beginning. Oh, okay. So I decided to just read. The last Ronin arc, nine through thirteen. Okay. And then I read the next two parts, which is what you were telling Vince about with the whole um Howling Commandos of Shield. But yeah. uh I'll let you set it up, but yes, the it, it, the excellent segue for, for Tom to mention old man Logan so you can run with it. I'm a pro. You are well, yeah, I mean uh no no secret that I'm a huge Wolverine mark and uh still will probably never forgive Charles Soul for <laughs> The way he killed him. Uh, and again, I have no issue Poor with Charles. That. No, yeah. listen, I, I, well, my issue is not that he killed him because that was editorial, but my issue is the awful way in which he, he killed yeah. him. But regardless, uh, I'll leave Charles that for another. I'm, I'm not trying to put Charles on blast while Tom's on the, on the show. I'll save that for an episode where it's just us. But, um, but, but either way, uh, Marvel has fat, tried to work around that. Uh, you know, the 616 Logan remains trapped in an adamantium statue and presumably quote unquote dead. I have no doubt he will be back at some point because they'll find a way to break the statue open or melt it or something, but whatever. Um, but they have brought old man Logan into the fold thanks to the battle world craziness. And, um, he is now part of the 616. Um, and you know, he's a regular part of the X-Men books and so forth, so on. Uh, but Lemire and, Primarily, although not exclusively, Andrea Sorrentino uh, have been doing this Old Man Logan book. And, uh, you know, they first teamed up in the Green Arrow book over at DC. And I've really enjoyed it. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 a story of, of Old Man Logan trying to 
wrap his arms around the reality that he now lives in, which for him is a distant past, but also one that's not quite the past he remembers. Um, so he has like a list of people that he wants to wipe out to try and change the future. Um, but as he's on his quest to do so, he begins to realize like this isn't his past. It's another past. And maybe wiping these people out isn't going to change things. Maybe it's going to make it worse. Um, and the arc that you're talking about that you read is, is the latest full arc where he is presented with a, uh, you know, one of his many ties to the, to the Japanese sort of feudal system. And, uh, you know, he was, he, he's, he's presented with a, with a, you know, a bunch of, 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 of warriors and whatnot that, that he has to vanquish. And, um, you know, I thought it was, it was, a, it was good. Um, I didn't think it was as strong as the, the prior arc, but then like, I mean, it was good, but then we jump into the, the current arc, which is, uh, which just, just ties into so many classic Wolverine tropes. You've got, you've got old man Logan being told by the X-Men that Jubilee, who of course has always been his protege, Ugh. is, is, who has been a vampire for a long time. Although, you know, that's, that, you know, that's, a, that's kind of a newer thing, but she's a vampire. She has gone missing. And so he, he seeks her out to try and figure out what happened to her because she's got a son now and she even abandons her son. And, uh, so he goes off. Jubilee has a son? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shiro. Mm-hmm. No, Shogo. Oh, Shogo, rather. Yeah, sorry. Um, so Wolverine goes off to look for, for her and tracks them, gets into this forest and he is confronted by a bunch of monsters. But as Dap alluded, they are formerly the Howling Commandos, now known as the Monster Squad, but either way, I mean, they work for S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's a bunch of the the monster characters uh, that now work for Shield, and it's a different set than like the last time we saw these guys. Um, I mean, there's a werewolf at the helm, but it's not werewolf by night; it's Warwolf. Yeah, he's his own character. This is there's the Giffen, Man- the Giffen uh, Holland Commandos. Yeah, there's there's Manphibian. Yeah, there is um, Teen Abomination. Teen Abomination. There's Van Knight. Vampire by Night. Who is yeah. Half vampire, half werewolf. Sure. Uh, who else am I forgetting? <laughs> You're forgetting Man Thing. Uh, oh, Man Thing. Man Thing. Yeah, Man Thing. And oh, uh, Hitmonkey. Um, so, yes. Um, and, and they. This is the team from the Frank Barbieri series, right? Or is it a little different? Mm, it's, not qu- it's not exactly the same team. It's a lot of those guys with a couple of new members thrown in. Cool. Um, but yeah, so they end up teaming up because the, they were sent by S.H.I.E.L.D. to figure out. But what's going on is they're. T- um, uh, vampire by night is their teammate and she too has gone missing. So what, what we quickly find out is that, uh, all the vampires around the world have been like a siren song called to this place. And, you know, in the Marvel universe, what does that usually mean? Dracula. Vampire Dracula, like Gene Cole and Dracula. So, you know, that's where we find ourselves. The, the Logan and the, the monster squad are, are trying to, uh, combat in, in Dracula. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's, you know, there's a, a moment in the in the book where it harkens back to a very, very probably the one of the more famous what if issues, which is what if Wolverine becomes a vampire, or what if Wolverine becomes Lord of the Vampires. Um, yeah, and it's just a lot of fun, and and Philippe Andrade is is on art in this arc, and I love I love 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 his style, uh, in particular for this kind of thing. And anytime you know you get to see Man Thing fighting Wolverine, that's dope. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a really fun book and. Lemire is paying a lot of showing a lot of love to Logan as a character. Um, 
you know, while not forgetting that this isn't quote unquote our Logan. So, uh, you know, again, I, I've, I've been on record for, from the start of loving this book. So Dap, I'm curious what you thought of that arc. Uh, the, the last Ronin arc, I thought that would have made a better the Wolverine movie than the Wolverine movie actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, the, especially when he's thrown down in that hole, that all I thought about was when, um, the beginning of the, uh, the last movie before the the final one comes out mm-hmm. next month. The um the the art was solid, but it was Lemire telling this story, and and there there's it flashes back to well it's 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 his past, which is kind of the future, and he's he's the present day is obviously Logan's past. There's this character, Maureen, who I am not familiar with. So I'm going to go back then and read the previous arc um, about the Wastelands because the next arc following Monster War is basically a return to that. So I want to find out what the hell was going on there. So I'm kind of jumping around Lemire's old man Logan here. The Deathstrike is also involved in this uh, in this story, but the... uh, the, the main villain is it the silent monk, I think his name is. Um, but it is a, it's, it's basically a, a story of Logan with this woman who, who, uh, he's in love with and she's in love with him. Her name is Maureen and he has not told her about his past. He, she doesn't know, she didn't know. Right. He was a mutant. She didn't know that, uh, that, that he was a killer, uh, and that he's done bad things. Um, but as he's doing as the whole banner, like, you won't like me when I'm angry. Type of thing. Exactly. He's like, I gotta, I gotta to get us out of this jam. I gotta do something, but I don't want to do it because you're never going to see, see me the same, same way. way and, yeah. and yeah, and it's, and it's, uh, you know, uh, she's like, so you were a school teacher. Cause obviously he's telling her that, you know, he, he, <laughs> teaches kids back at the, the school, but you know, so you're a school teacher, but oh, and by the way, you also speak fluent Japanese because yeah. you've been in Japan as a school teacher, I guess. So, you know, she's like, she, she, he, she obviously <laughs> doesn't have the full story, but she's, she's going along with it because she, she has no family anymore. I guess her, her, her husband, her child, they, they've been killed. Um, so she's, uh, Lonely is, I guess, one way to say it, but she, she, she has something. She found something in Logan, so she's really not in a rush to let him go. And she's, she's, and, and again, it's a typical woman thing where it's like, you know, you can tell me, you can trust me, whatever it is, it's not that bad. I'll still love you, blah, blah, blah. And he pops his claws and he's killing people. And she goes, yeah, I didn't expect that. I didn't know (laughs) that's where we were going with. I thought maybe, you know, you hotwired a car at some point or you skipped out on your student loans, but you're killing. So there's, she's, she's, she's got to kind of, come to grips with this, but, um, there are as, as cool as some of the story looked by Sorrentino, uh, there were some things that dragged out a little bit. Um, it, it was one of those situations where because the big bad is a, we'll say 14 year old kid who has, um, He's, he's, he's telekinetic and, and it, it, it's interesting to see a character like Wolverine, 
who does the whole slashy stabby thing have to go up against somebody who can control things with his mind. There's really right. nothing there for Logan to punch. So it, in some, sometimes that's cool to see because, hey, you're thrown into a different situation. You know, you're, you're not, how are you going to get out of this? Not everything's going to be able to be stabbed and, and you move on. Um, and I guess because I just kind of jumped in to this title with this arc, I, I was kind of hoping for something a little more um, action-packed, but it was still... In, in this particular case, by the time we got to where Jeff was trying to tell, take the story, uh, it, the payoff was there. It, I, I enjoyed the journey, and, and by the time it was done, uh, the destination was fine. And it was kind of open-ended, which was interesting because when when we get to the end of this story, um, when you read the next two issues with... Uh, the monster squad for lack of a better term, they, it, it, it does not, there's no connection from the previous arc. So I'm guessing that that was, you know, that's what Jeff and Sorrentino are telling. Uh, this is basically a fill in to a two part of fill in that, that, uh, you know, if you weren't, so this way, if, if you wanted to know what was going on, you we're not confusing anybody who's just reading these two issues. They can, um, just go on about their business, but the the, the Monster War story was. Cool. I, I'm not, you know, it's. I am not the biggest Jubilee fan, so I to, to see her. I never understood, but <laughs> because I already have Robin with Batman. Oh. The, the uh, it's. Um, I need you to write the seminal Jubilee story at some point in your career. Okay. He is. He's, well, he's writing Duke and Batman. So, oh the, boy. Um, with it, it, the the dialogue was fantastic. You know, everybody's calling Logan old Wolverine, and 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 Logan ain't feeling it. Um, he, he's <laughs> ready to just snap some necks every time because because he is. He's old and gray, and it's like you know, old Wolverine. Let me and 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 Team Abomination is like mad pissed at man thing because he breaks Wolverine out and he's like, dude, how are you going to, you're going to let him out first. He's not even on our team. And it's, 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 so it's just, I think Jeff has a real good handle on different personalities based on the age of someone because he's team abomination. And yes, he sounds just like that, 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 that whiny entitled, Teenager, and it's everybody had a unique feel, and and obviously with um, Felipe style, I thought the first part was real solid. There were some some pages in the second part of the story that uh, a little confusing based on the line work and the coloring, but overall, it was a fun little two parter, even with Jubilee in it, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm. Um, I don't know. It was. It's one of those things where, yeah, I, I have the issues in my comicsology library. I'm getting the issues because it's it's Jeff, and but I just I haven't read them, and I figured you know no time like the present. I saw the the, the trade dress on the five parter on the last drone and was it's pretty striking. It's just the it's basically the rising sun from the flag with different uh with, with either a, a throwing star or a sword or wolverine's claws and, and it's it's just it's a it's a neat look for this particular story but now that it's done i'll have to go back and read the um the preceding storyline which uh is um 
was important. Well, the, the first arc is is awesome, man. It's where he comes back and he's like, he's got the list and he's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking start taking out all these motherfuckers that I, that caused my future. Uh, <laughs> so it's super dope. I'm looking at issue 14 here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do not like this depiction of the man thing. Oh really? <laughs> no, nah, it's way too clean. Uh, and, 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 and I, it's, I shouldn't. I shouldn't tell you that I, I own a page for that. Shit. No, and it's weird because uh, Felipe's not a clean. Does your accountant know about this? Too? <laughs> he's, yeah, it's all he's, part of the talk. He's not a clean artist. I mean, he's very brushy and and and, yeah, yeah. and expressive, and his man thing is just too right. angular and too clean. But I think it's cool that the man thing managed to burn Logan, which yeah. mean, which means Logan's afraid. He yes. knows he knows fear. Fear. Yeah. But on on the flip side. Even an old Logan, the Man Thing is not fast. He's a very slow shambling. There's no way Man Thing could pin Wolverine. Okay, I'm just picking it apart because it's my character. This is my Man right. Thing. No, I, I man. love the Man Thing. Man Thing is your man. Man Thing is my favorite Marvel character. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, even yeah. even more than Spider Man. Yeah. I, I love the Man Thing. More than FF. Yeah. What is the appeals to you about Man? You just don't like dialogue. <laughs> oh, do we do we have an hour for me to tell you? Man, thing he's the nexus. The man thing is was brilliantly used by Steve Gerber as the focal point of stories that happened around him that didn't include him. Right, he's like the Doctor Who ish kind of person. Sure, right, and he's just uh, visually, I think it's the the best design Marvel character ever. I I just I have this innate love of the man thing. Right, in, 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 insert joke here, right? But um, no, I. I <laughs> yeah, he he's just. Who doesn't love a good man thing every now and then? Exactly, but I, I'm very particular when it comes to man thing, and this is this is <laughs> this is not it. But I'm glad Jason owns pages from this. Oh yeah, I am. Andrade is my man. Cool. All right. Um, I would you gonna talk uh, Star Trek Green Lantern? Or? I didn't read it. Huh? I did not read it. You, you didn't, didn't read it. it. No, I didn't read you it because you didn't. Me for not reading it. He d- Dap didn't answer me when I said, "Do you want me to read the?" Uh, no, I did. Oh, you did? did. Oh, did you read what I asked you to read? I'm gonna feel bad I if you read, did. Um, I'm 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 almost halfway through with it. Right. I didn't get to finish it. We got home late. Cool. Well, tell me if it's the Green Lantern things any good. Go ahead, Dap. I, that was one of your travels last week. We were going to talk about it if you read it. No, when you <laughs> said, should you read it, I said I wasn't sure if you really wanted to bring up Star Trek because of Jason's reaction last week. Oh, episode. but that's not I, a yes I, I was or, fine with you. With, right. That's not a yes or a no. What did you do last no, week? I said, I said, if if <laughs> I says, if you want to read it, then then yeah, we can talk about it. I didn't read it. Okay then, All I right. can't talk about it. <laughs> what a mess! Um, I read it. You did. You did, did not you read, read it? it. No I way. I I'm, thought you guys said so. I was going to surprise you, and I was going to jump in on the conversation. Holy oh, shit! Please do me the favor and talk to him about it, please. Because oh, that's, I, a good, that's a good friend, right? Which I am not. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Get out! I'm, I'm not kidding. Well, tell oh, me why. I don't know how this narrative was created that I don't like Star Trek. I see all the movies. I've seen the yeah, TV no, shows. I know you did. I, I just don't read the comics, but it's not that I don't. I don't well, why don't you – here, do me a favor. Universe. Tell me why you like this issue. Why did I like this issue? Well, first of all, I thought the art was nice and clean. Liked it. It is, yeah. Um, Features Guy Gardner, so how can it be bad? 
I've always liked, I mean, uh, not being anywhere near as steeped in the history of DC as I am Marvel, I've always enjoyed the Green Lantern Corps. I've always thought they were cool. Um, so, I mean, that was, it, so I'm, I'm more prone, you know, if this was, uh, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, and, and Star Trek, I'd probably be like, I'm out. Um, so, so, <laughs> the, the subject matter certainly lent itself to Why do you hate poor Booster Gold? Seriously. Booster Gold now show up. He's a Batman. football player, you know that. What? Booster Gold's a football player. Yep. Um, like NFL Super Pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I gotta say one little nitpick on the art, uh, the uh, Star Sapphire's helmet's fucking whack. What? Like, I'm in looking... the second page or third page? Oh, yeah. it looks like a little bit of a crown going on there. Yeah, like a up. Burger King crown. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like Burger King. She's still hot, um, though. You know, the, I think it's tough when you do licensed books to, um, you know, to toe the line between you want the characters to be recognizable, but you don't want to feel like you're photographing. And I got to give him props here because, like, I look at I look at Kirk and I see Chris Pine, but it's definitely not photo ref. It's it's the dude right. drawing Chris Pine. You know what I mean? And that's I think that's super important, at least for me, when it comes to to licensed books. I like that's why I was like Buffy when George Genty did it. Like, looked like the people from the TV show, but not like it looked like ninety percent like them, not a hundred percent. Yeah, you know? right. I feel like so he set the standard with those kind of books. Yeah. Um, Sinestro's up in here, and I've always loved Sinestro, my favorite villains. Freaking manhunters. Precisely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was well paced. Plenty of action. I like the reveal toward the end, which I won't get into, unless you guys want to. Oh yeah, I guess. Well, actually, Vince just said it's a manhunter, yeah. but manhunters. Um. So yeah, man, I thought it was great. I, I, I got, I got. I'm gonna read the rest of it. Cool. I think it's a good looking book. And yes. uh, you didn't like the story. I mean, I can read it really fast if you want me to, but I don't want to want to do that. Um, I think um, Angel Hernandez nailed Carl Urban without actually drawing. Uh, you can't tell that they're photo refs. If they are, mm-hmm. you can't you can't tell. Right. And uh, that's that's the the fine line that we walk when you got to do a, a, a licensed book like this with characters everybody knows because they've seen the movies, do you do the Mort Walker and and do them exactly? Or do you take creative license and, and do the spirit of, like, Zachary, uh, which is last Quinto. Name? Quinto, you know? And, and I think this book straddles that really nicely. It, it looks like them, but it's not dead on. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty looking book. Mm-hmm. And it's got Guy Gardner in it. Yeah, it does. That's a win. That's a big win. That's a win for you. <laughs> but they seem to be dragging the continuity over from DC with the the Black Lanterns and, that's, that's and the, the Necrons it's in not it. Even whatever. Um, it, it's it's basically a continue. It, it's well, it's exactly a continuation of that. But there's no. It's this is its own thing. It's its own little unique universe where the Star Trek universe and the Green Lantern universe coexist without. You know, it's not like the Green Lanterns are going back because there's there's no more Gantt, there's no more Guardians, so there's this isn't like this group of the core are not going back to the DC universe. They knew that this is now its mm-hmm. own own little thing. So we could probably have you know a volume three and a volume, and so on, but uh, yeah, it, it's not it's not like at the end of the first 
series when the Spectrum War ended, you know, the Enterprise saw all the Guardians, all, all the Lanterns go back to DC Universe and, oh, okay, you know, I hope they have a nice life. They're, <laughs> this is not, this is not your traditional team up where, you know, Spider-Man and Superman go to separate ways at the end and, and that's it. This is not, they, 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 they coexist and we'll see where, where things go in the future. But I, which was nice because even though the first, even though the Spectrum War ended and that's what it is, Lanterns are with the, the Enterprise folks and that's it. I, I wasn't expecting a second volume, but knowing that, you know, they can continue that whole narrative, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. I wonder if the Green Lantern Planet of the Apes is going to have any ties to this. No. No. Because no. first of all, that's boom. and But it's also it's IDW. It's yeah, but it's not... Um, no, it's, it's not IDW. It's boom and, and DC. Sorry. DC. I was like, wow, how's IDW involved? Right? Uh, no, so I don't I don't see Paramount or, or IDW offering to have... I mean, maybe it's somewhere down the line once they establish the Lanterns and, and the Planet of the Apes, but... We've already had the original series crew meet up with the Planet of the Apes, which was awesome. Yeah, that. yeah. This is now this is the the Kelvin verse and and the Green Lantern. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it. These are all you know hoax, what ifs, imaginary stories. I love that. So we'll right, but they they don't. I, I I'm enjoying these stories. I don't know if 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 I need a whole universe of everybody that the Apes and the Lanterns and Trek have teamed up with to be all total eclipse. Well, you can't have too much apes. Come on. <laughs> you can't have too much apes. No, it's well, true. Can I ask, like, I'm, there's no, no problem about that, huh? I was close. It's almost like I went to shine. Damn it! Um, if I'm reading a Star Trek comic book, I almost understand the appeal of reading with a new cast. That would be my one objection. Like, what do you get... Out of reading it with the like, because they, they you if it's a comic book, then they can be whatever age you want them to be. You don't have to deal with the actors dying. You don't have to deal with the so you can use the originals. Like, why would should I read a comic book with the new cast as opposed to the old cast? But these are the originals, not in the Green Lantern. No, no, it's not Chris Pine. But no, it's okay. but that as far as these characters, this Captain Kirk is the original Captain Kirk only in this timeline. But it's not right. But this Spock has met the original right. Spock. It's not so that's But he right. is but a Spock. He is a Spock. Right. But that's if, which is, so they use the original for the Planet of the Apes. But this, I don't, I don't know why they decided to go with the Abrams versions of the universe for the start, for, for the Green Lantern book. It's just because it's new. It's, it's, current what have you to answer tom's question though it's you yes you know if you tell a star trek story you could probably go with if it's kirk and company then you can tell that story but the the difference is that we have the the stories that were told with the original william shatner crew those have been established and been around for a long time, and we know who those characters are. Once now, once the new movie came out, you really, as far as I'm concerned, they're not interchangeable because 
they're the the timelines have have differed once once the Romulans and Spock came into this parallel universe right that original William Shatner error ceased that that's not this mm-hmm. crew so so now you can tell a different set of Star Trek stories a, a different set of stories using the original crew that aren't the same crew that you're familiar with when you were growing up. I mean, otherwise what would be, otherwise it would just be a generic reboot telling stories with the original, telling new stories with younger people. Yeah. Whereas now they actually, which I thought made the reboot absolutely brilliant by not insulting anybody who grew up watching Star Trek, honoring what came before it and saying, Hey, by the way, this, you're going to recognize and, and these names will all sound familiar when they're on the bridge, but this is not your father's Star Trek. But the only so you thing can, you can take more risks with these people. You can. Yes. Yeah. Right. But the only thing that separates these characters from the original series is experience. These are the original characters. They just don't have the, this Kirk does not have the experience that the original series Kirk has, but it's the same character. Yeah. It but you was, can put no, in a comic book. No, 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 you, no, you no can... it's not. Because that Kirk, the Kirk you're familiar with, grew up with a father. Yeah, it's a parallel. It's it's a parallel so I know it's a – yeah, right. It's a parallel use, but for – it is Kirk. The, 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 the instances that made this character James T. Kirk and the instances that made the other character James T. Kirk are different. But right, they're essentially – the, is why Chris Pine Kirk and not, right. not William Shatner Kirk. Right, but it's – they're – they are the same characters. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, to me, it's like I mean, it's like Peter Parker in Six One Six versus Peter Parker in Ultimates, right? Right. I, I always, I, I always prefer a Six One Six because I always feel more connected with that character. Yeah, sure. In terms of if I was just going to read a story of one of them, but well, I mean, that's like where it gets said, sort of, that's where it gets a little wonky with with Marvel in particular right now, right? Because Although they quote unquote never reboot, they you know they did the battle world, and so again we have things like you know Miles Morales is now in the six one six, and Old Man Logan is now in the six one six, and you know the original quote unquote X Men are in the present from the six. You know, like it's like they've got all this strange amalgamation of of characters that really were almost like from bygone times and or other worlds, but are now part of it. It's a strange, it's a strange thing, you know. It is. It's very strange. <laughs> uh, you know what I want to talk about if we can? We got some deep nerd. I want to, and this is this is in Tom's wheelhouse. I want to talk right. a little bit about Justice League versus Suicide Squad. All right, this I know about. Okay, I uh, this series is going to drive Dap crazy <laughs> because to date there has been four issues and they have all been illustrated by a different artist. Oh, good. Can you run down who the artists are? I can. It, uh, first of all, it's written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Jason Fabach, Tony Daniel on, on issue two, Jesus Marino on three, mm-hmm. and Fernando Passaran on four. I will like some of these issues. But no, stylistically, <laughs> with the... Ex- I, I with the you would have hooked me with the first issue, and then I would have been out. Right? All right. <laughs> stylistically, the only odd man out is Wait, Tony. I like Tony Daniel. I like Tony Daniel. I like Tony Daniel. I think he's great. I but like him, but he's stiff. Right. right. Yeah. But if you put him against Jason Fabach, come on. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, inks by Sandu Floria, Andy Owens, mm-hmm. and Matt Ryan, and Alex Sinclair and Jeremiah Skipper uh, did the color art. Yeah, skip a dipper. Here's the conceit. Um, Amanda Waller had a suicide squad prior to the one we know in the, in this this post-rebirth universe. Um, Task Force X, uh, for all intents and purposes, was a suicide squad mm-hmm. comprised of a group of individuals that, if you read Suicide Squad number nine, they come to an, an abrupt, not demise, but they're put on ice, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And, and somebody comes in and frees them. Okay, you have um, Rustam, the dude with the magic flaming sword, Emerald Empress, if you've read your Legion, you know who this character is. And you just reminded me of something, so uh, thank you, but yes. Yes, and she has the Emerald Eye of Ekron in tow. She was part of the Fatal Five, right? Um, Dr. Polaris is in this. Mm -hmm. There's a character called Johnny Sorrow, who I have no idea who he is, but he's cool AF. He's he's an emissary for the King of Tears. If you see this dude's face, you die. And Lobo. And Lobo. Mm -hmm. Lobo. Original Lobo, not... not No, no, right, right. Uh, Not Cullen Cullen Bunn Lobo, the original Lobo. So so there was this original Suicide Squad. They were put on ice. Uh, Someone who is able to manipulate people with but a verbal command, if you don't know who that is, then shame on you, frees them. Meanwhile, uh, the current Suicide Squad, the one we all know and, and love from the movie, uh, with the addition of Killer Frost, is in this this uh, country called uh, Badniza. And, and there's someone called Apex and the Brimstone Brotherhood, they steal something from Star Lab, something that can generate incredibly devastating pulses. And he's going to use this pulse generator to destroy this island to his dark god. Okay? The Suicide Squad stops Apex from completely trashing the place, but it's a mess, right? Buildings are falling. There's a real high potential for collateral damage. In steps the Justice League. Naturally, the two groups fight. Um, Killer Frost absorbs Superman's life force and turns him into like this gray ashtray looking husk and the league is incarcerated at Bell Rev. But Tom's character escapes Batman. Uh, Sweet. Yes. The team, the, <laughs> he is. The teams eventually settle. We got to work together to stop this threat. What's the threat? Well, the original Suicide Squad along with Maxwell Lord, um, breaches this this um, facility and obtains something that's very, very powerful in the DC universe. I won't say what it is, but it completely transforms the original Suicide Squad, and that's where issue four lets off. I thought this, this series was... It's not great comics, but it's fun comics. And to me, that translates to great. Like, this is geek out, old school... Lobo eviscerating characters. Like there's one part where um, this this Johnny Sorrow he unleashes all these Lovecraftian monsters, and then the League and the Suicide Squad just start ripping them apart. Not the League. The Suicide Squad are killing the monsters. The League are 
containing them. I mean, it, it plays to the strengths and the morals of each group, right? There's a lot of blood in some spots. Characters get their heads blown off. Um, I won't spoil that because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And But the, the real um, joy for me was Suicide Squad number nine. And I asked David to read that. And he's, he, he at least saw the art. Um, which, I did see the art, yes. Yes, which was written by Rob Williams and Cy Spurrier. The art is by Riley frickin' Rosmo. It's good looking. It is yeah. the it is the best Riley Rosmo art I've seen from him. He keeps getting better. He does, and it's it's basically backstory. You can read Suicide Squad nine without reading Justice League versus Suicide Squad because it's just prequel. It it tells you what happened to this original Suicide Squad that put them on ice that led to Maxwell Lord letting them out in Justice League versus Suicide Squad. It's if you have to pick one, if you're on a budget. You don't want to get into a, a six issue limited series. Read Suicide Squad number nine. It's amazing. And Tom, did you do you have any insight into this? Did you see any of this stuff as it was being built or or produced? Yeah, I was in the room when it first got put together. I was in the room where it happened. Uh, nice. J- Jeff called Josh, Steve Orlando, and I into a room. And sort of pitch this, and he's like, "Okay, who's going to write this?" And we all looked around. And he's like, mm, "Josh, you can write it." It's almost as casual as that. Nice. And um, uh, and I think Josh is killing it. Josh is one of my favorite people in comics. He's he's smart. He knows comics back and forth. He knows everyone in comics. All he wants to do is talk comics, and he's just like a natural nerd and a good storyteller. So yeah, yeah, I like. I, I think I think you summed up perfectly. It's like it's. It hits that DC bone. Like sometimes you just want some good, like DC continuity with some fights next to it. And, and, and I suppose missing for a while. There was not enough, like just like deep digs into continuity where, where You're right. you see like things from like 1960 affecting something that came in 1990, affecting something with 2016, and all pulled together. And um, and I really like it. And dude, I I love Lobo. I have me too. I, exactly. I lo- there's something yeah. about Lobo. Whenever I Next see him, movie. yeah. <laughs> Speaking for the man who loves Deadpool, um, but <laughs> no, and Wolverine. He, I mean, who Lobo's stolen from? <laughs> no, but there's uh, they pair up early on in the battle, and naturally Harley goes against Wonder Woman. In the in the if we were talking real world, Harley would be a smear. <laughs> but but Williamson writes this manipulates the characters in a way where Wonder Woman knows that Harley's she's aware that she's mortal, so she goes kind of easy on her uh, to a sense. But later on in the series, they become you know how Harley gloms on to the strongest woman in the room. She's done it with Power Woman, Power Girl. You know she does that with Wonder Woman and their besties. Yeah. Not in Wonder Woman's mind, but in Harley's mind, they're besties. It's just these neat little spins that he plays to the fanboy. Everything we know about the DC universe is in relation to these characters. He 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 ex- exploits it, and it works. I, like I said, I had a lot of fun reading these issues. Um, I will say this: the 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 Suicide Squad here is much more endearing to me than. Uh, as drawn by all these artists and Riley Rossmo than the Jim Lee version, which I didn't really care for. 
Well, man, I love me some Suicide Squad. I, I, it feels more like I, I love. I like the original Suicide Squad. I like the um, Outstander mm-hmm. in the eighties. But, but yeah, I did. I am Suicide Squad. Arc was a love letter to that that version. So yeah. I, and whenever they, it's always tough when they take stuff from a movie and they say, okay, we're going to make this popular in the comic. It's always hard. Yeah. It's just, it's just a tough gig to have. I, I mean, are you guys looking at the new Defender stuff coming out yeah. of Marvel? What do you guys think yeah, of that? Of Looks good. From what I've, I mean, we've only seen what? One image? Yeah, all have one image, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it looks fun. Well, it's David Marquez, right? Is that his drawing? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I thought so. I thought you were talking about the the actual live action oh, defenders, the yeah. Oh no, no, I was oh, about the oh, comic oh, they announced yeah, this today. Yeah. Oh really? I didn't see that. You're lucky. I pay attention to comic books. Yeah. Nerds are just like. Blah, I got Tom's here to tell us about Marvel. You know, right? When it's Marvel, it's like it's akin to the parents in uh, Peanuts. Wah, 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 wah. Like I just I don't even hear it. <laughs> Unless it's Vision. Okay. Unless damn right. Yeah, then I hear it. <laughs> but no, these I have an announcement today. Did you see my announcement? What was your announcement? Doing, with Josh Williamson, we're doing the uh, follow-up with the Batman investigating the Watchmen button in the cage. Yes. No it's way. What's it called? The Flash. Yeah. It's, it's with, got Jay, the, with Jay Fabok, you guys are just yes. saying. He's doing the two Batman. Mm-hmm. The, the image is with uh, Batman and Flash, each holding up the comedian's bloodied button. Wow. Yep. I'm excited. I'm excited. So now, segues into my question, Tom. You very slyly inserted someone in Arkham while Batman was picking up his cast of merry men to take with him. Yes. Um, Was. Did you decide to do that, or was obviously... I'm thinking that was suggested to insert this character. It's part of... I mean, there's this huge Uh backbone narrative of what DC Comics is going to be for the next three years or so. And uh, from Rebirth to the end of a huge huge event or story, I don't know what you would call it. And uh, I know... The story beats, and they sort of took me in the room and said, which story beats do you want? How do you want to... And, ah. and so that's how that happened. And, and one of the story beats was sort of to bring... Sat, was sort of follow up with that Saturn girl and bring her into Batman's world and put her into... Ar- and then we then put her into Arkham. But it's part of this. I and mean, we're trying to make a shared universe again and trying to put that back together. Thank you. Broken pieces of it. And... Um, so that you, as you'll see, like Batman launched this Suicide Squad JLA event, and that'll launch this um, JLA thing that Steve's doing. So it's it, and that'll launch, and that'll help tie into the big events that are coming in summer um, with Scott and Greg. And so, I mean, it's just we're trying to make it one universe again, basically. Yeah, I saw the preview images for the Steve Orlando uh, Justice League of America. It looks like Batman and the Outsiders to it me. Does. It yeah, does. Yeah, which is, which is a good are, thing. Are only I know Steve loves that series, so I wouldn't be surprised. It's serious. It is, it's, it's, I want to, I, I, I'm, I'm going to read the first issue because give it a shot. There are really only two characters though that I would be reading the series for. And so it's really hard for me to. What's the second one after Lobo? 
The Ray. Oh. The Ray. Nice. Well, they're, they're, they're building Killer Frost to be a really complex character because in this Justice League versus Suicide Squad, she doesn't really want to play to the Amanda Waller's uh, side. She she had the, 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 the chance to kill Superman and she didn't. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're going to see some kind of redemption from her in this series, which leads to Steve Orlando's series, which, yeah, that's cool. She, she, they could be building, um, Caitlin into a really cool character. Cause she, she is, right? It's just that, you know, she's like the female Captain Cold to a, uh, to a certain extent. But now they can build her into something else. Well, what, what was the other character? I was being facetious. What was the other character in addition to the Ray? That you want to, would want to read. Do you write the first time? Don't oh, really? Seriously. Okay, seriously. all right. I'm just saying because I was being. I think Steve will write a great Lobo, man. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys are reading the Midnight or Apollo series, but no. he writes some badass violence. He's good at that. I like violence. He's, he's good at p- putting their fists through other people. So the the Colin Bun Lobo is has ceased to exist. It. Oh, we go that far. Who knows where the Colin Bun Lobo will show up? Uh oh. Oh, he's still. Oh. Oh, so there's now there's two Lobos running around. Well, there always were. The Colin Bun Lobo, the first issue started out with him chopping off Lobos, the original right. Lobos. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't. I just thought that was Colin, you know, riffing. But it's a, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm an original. I'm a huge Keith Giffen guy. So. Yeah. All right, brother. Now we're yeah, talking. And all those, all those Simon drawn series, and and in the Christian Alame when when Simon didn't finish, it, I just it's. I I bought the damn slipcase that included the wit and wisdom of Lobo, which was nothing but like ninety six fucking blank pages. I, <laughs> I I am so happy to see Lobo. I mean, as soon as Vince is like, "No, you got to read this issue," and and I saw Lobo was in it. Yes, that's one way to get me to check something out. But uh, yeah, I to, to see him as as a member of it. It's weird though, because I mean, we, we've we had the Justice League when the New 52 started and then um, ended with the Dark Side War, which was really cool. And then um, this ugly Brian Hitch book. And then you, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to read the Justice League again. So if, if Lobo's in a book, then on the team, then awesome. Yeah. I, I think there's one thing that may get you to read this, this Justice League squad book. Um, and I won't, I won't say specifically what happens, but you can follow the breadcrumbs. You're aware of the implant that Amanda Waller injects each member? Okay. Um, implant plus Batman plus Lobo. Take it from there. So, so there's going to be repercussions that will probably play out in the Steve Orlando Justice League of America book. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. You tell me which issues you should check out, and I will. I'll give. I, I, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll hook you up. Can I interrupt here to ask a question? You don't have to ask. You just do, my friend. Sweet. You asked me that question about uh, characters that needed to be done, not specifically for me, but you, what characters do you feel are neglected that need to be done? Can I, you guys, as as fans, as comic fans, like in either DC or Marvel universe, you're like that person. This is a series I think would sell, or this is this character that hasn't shined in a while that would shine, or I mean, 
Oh. Is, what, you give me advice. Like, what should I? Where should I go with it? Right. Here. I want to get some free advice. Right off the top of my head, we're talking. Uh, I'll split it up in DC. New gods. New gods have been. I mean, yes, we just had the the Justice mm-hmm. League thing with Darkseid, but new gods really need to be explored because there's where where's Orion in this in this whole rebirth thing? Where's where's High Father? I want I want to know what's up with the new gods and and nail it down. I mean, it seems like everybody has a mother box too. Like, mm-hmm. not <laughs> not not a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> But yeah, new gods. Who else? Um, they're probably going to cover the bases with Commandy in this this twelve issue th- series. But what else, Jason? Who would you say for DC or Marvel? Uh, for, or Marvel? Well, let's see for uh, for DC. Um, uh, it's been. It seems like it's the, another great white whale. But I, I'd I'd love to see uh, Plastic Man done. Shit, yeah, long time. right. <laughs> nice Plastic Man, man. Uh, on, thing. Yeah, on the uh, on the Marvel side, I mean, for me, yeah. it's more of a team thing. I I I think there's cool stuff that could be done with Excalibur, and it's been a long time since it was attempted. Yeah, um, I'd love to see that. I'd. Uh, hmm. Are those? Yeah, it's weird that they've never gone back to that title. They've gone back to everything else. Why they ever went back to Excalibur? It's tough to stray from Claremont on Excalibur, though. Like. He defined the book, and then then when when he left, yeah, it went on for a little while, but it just didn't seem the same. Like Warren Ellis's Excalibur is not Chris Claremont's Excalibur. It just didn't feel like the same book. Same, yeah, I mean, same, same oh. characters. Yeah, but there's some magic like, about Kitty and Nightcrawler. Yeah. Well, my understanding is Kitty rises back to prominence here with this next with the new X Men reboot. She becomes the leader of the X Men. From what I understand. I thought the X-Men were all... Aren't the humans going to kill all the X-Men? No, no, no. 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 So, so Kitty isn't in space anymore? She's not a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy? No. Okay. Well, I mean, I think in the new status quo, I don't, gonna, I don't know how they're going to get her back, but yeah. she break up with Star-Lord? I don't know. Hmm. No, I feel like the Guardians are stuck on Earth, aren't they? Are they? Not reading it. Yeah, Silver Surfer style, I think they're stuck on Earth. They're in a lot of events well, just... complaining about being on Earth. Huh. We'll just have Reed, you know, take the surfboard up to space, and then this way they can be separated, and that's how they got out of it. Oh, well, I'm I'm incredibly stupid. There seems to be a moratorium on on this team, but Tom, if you could do something with the Fantastic Four, well, of course, yeah, that yeah. that's number one at Marvel. But do you, do you so you think there are more Fantastic Four stories to be told? Oh my God! Okay, you're the Batman writer, and you're asking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's that's true. Oh, that's there's what three thousand Batman comics written. I mean, <laughs> what about like, one where he's sad about his parents and he solves a mystery? <laughs> yeah, let's have Reed go on about his father again. No, I'm, there are probably he's hey, guilty for not killing the Joker. Or. <laughs> there, there's always um, there. I know Byrne kind of just went back. And and forgot about whatever Roy and Jerry and everybody else did between what Byrne started and or where he picked up after Stan and Jack left. But um, even after that, there were highs and lows. And then you had McDuffie, you had Miller, you had Straczynski, you had a bunch of people 
do something with. I mean, they weren't all great Fantastic Four stories, but someone most people seem to have a Fantastic Four story in them. So yeah, someone probably has. There, there are still some. There's still Fantastic Four stories to be told. Um, I don't know one character that I one Marvel character that just seems to always jump out at me. Um, I, and I have no idea why is uh, Jack of Hearts. Jack of Hearts. Yep. That's, I was teasing Finch about that because he's the guy who um, blew up Jack of Hearts. That's right. Pitch it and had to come up with something, but I, it was before I left Marvel. You really didn't do a good job. 
And did a horrible job. The only characters I would want to see at Marvel are either being done like Fool Killer or, mm-hmm. or you know, the Jack Russell werewolf by night. Or I mean, in a purely selfish way, I would love for someone to, to make Domino an A-list character. <laughs> when well, was no, the last time... She's in, she's in a regular book ever, all the time. Like they hood her in somewhere. Like now she's leading the Mercs with the mouth, but it's like, but or Mercs with the money, but but it's like, I, but you know she's she's usually like just this tertiary character they stick in. They keep con- like keep her in continuity. But I would love for there to be like a, there's been no seminal Domino run. Like I would love for there to be like even if it's twelve issues, even if it's just someone just telling a kick ass Domino story. I would just love that. So I'm an idiot. So, so Jason, what makes Domino cool? I can't. I mean, I remember her when she appeared in the Bob Lively. Nothing. What makes dude? <laughs> man. What makes Domino so like whack. your girl? She's, she's like the dog from the Little Rascals. She's Petey. So whack, Petey the pup. Oh my goodness! Now they're trolling you, man. Oh. <laughs> you wonder why I don't respond to your Slack. <laughs> um. <laughs> What makes her cool? Uh, well, first of all, I am a child of the of the Liefeld. Uh, yeah, it's a list. I love the Liefeld. Um, Let me take out my essay. Yeah, so I still remember Comics Buyer's Guide seeing those sketches that Liefeld put of all the new mutants he's going to introduce. Domino being one of them, so huge, huge mark out for that. Um, I'm with you. He added so much energy to Marvel. I was, I'm a, I'm a child of his as well. Yeah, I mean, I've met him. He's a nice guy. He's cool. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't. I mean. Look, I, like I said, I mean, she's never had like a a run where people are like, "Oh my!" Like I don't know, I just you know, she's always been one of those those C list characters that I just I dug. Um, just I thought it was cool, like this mercenary chick who's got luck powers. Uh, I don't know, she's always just always glommed on to me. And she I has think luck powers. She has like long shot powers. Um, yeah, yeah. She she basically yeah, just, just shit goes her way. Um, pretty much. Um, so I don't know. I've always just thought she was a cool character in, in that regard. And I think that my obsession with art at, like raised it to another level because I always liked her as a character. And then when I was first starting to get like sketches, I wanted to, after a year of asking people to draw Deadpool and Wolverine, I realized like, hmm, probably need to come up with something else because people <laughs> want to like look like they want to commit Harry Carey when I ask him to draw Deadpool. So um, – I just started asking for Domino and it just became a thing where I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like nobody ever asked for Domino. Like I think there's literally two people on earth, myself being one of them that actively collect Domino art. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I just think she's cool, man. You know, she's, 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 I love the character design as much as Vince is shitting on her. And that's so awful of you. Cause I'm going to shit on fucking Howard, the duck and fucking <laughs> man thing. I think they're there, already but, doing that to Howard, but well, whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not going to profess that she's like the world's greatest character ever, but she's just uh, someone I've always thought is pretty cool, you know. Uh, dude, I buy it. You have passion for a character, but I mean, she's right in the vision territory. She's someone that's existed. People know her, but her her best her best story, her defining moment, has yet to be told. It seems like I feel like a Domino series would at least like have a potential to be. Good sign. I mean, because there's a market. There's that Harley and Deadpool market, and well, I think now that she's going to be in the second Deadpool movie, I think you'll probably see, like Marvel will probably make the attempt to to write a story of her. But how about uh, Jamie Madrox? Multiple. Is he dead? Didn't they just kill him? They just killed him. They killed him in what? In the Um, the, uh, the prequel or that? Yeah, the 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 one that Cooper drew. 
A Death of X. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Where's Warlock? Is he in the six one six? The the, the Starling Adam Warlock. or Doug Rand? Oh. Adam Warlock. Yeah. Question. You should tell a talk story. <laughs> well, he's in he's in Miss he's in Captain Marvel now because she's in charge of Alpha Flight. That's right. He's Somewhere her second in command. Do you know how long it took me to to, to get Puck and Hockey Puck together? <laughs> I, I had really? no. I, I thought it was Puck like from like Shakespeare? Shakespeare. That's yeah. what I had in my head. Yeah. And the then you see, puck, I was like in my late thirties. I was like, oh. But then you read the second <laughs> issue and you see him going through and, and knocking everybody down as, as he's cartwheeling. I know he does the cartwheel. No, it, my brain is not that. Smart. I know. I know. I didn't get it. I'm, I, I'm I was like, you. oh, that's a very rolly puck from Shakespeare. It, it took me a minute. <laughs> I love you just looking around at Canadian things. I know Burns Canadian, but you're like, what's Canadian? A hockey puck. Sure, I'll make that a spring. <laughs> I was bitten by a radioactive puck. <laughs> son, of, son of Satan? Could it be Satan? He was just in the uh, Paramount Iron Fist annual. Jeez. I'm out of it. Sorry. Go to. Dude, I like Son of Satan. Yeah, me too. Get yeah. get them to bring back plop. Do me a favor. Plop needs to come back. Gargoyle from the Defenders. Plop. Yeah, plop. Yeah, the clown. Plop is the the X Factors um, ghost guy. Who's plop? No, that's the comic. No, that's dupe. That's dupe. <laughs> that's dupe. Yeah. That, that that's X Factor slime guy. So. <laughs> No, Plop is the comic book. Like it was like a Mad Magazine. Comic. Right. It was. It was. Yeah. A, it was a macabre anthology at uh, DC in the in the seventies. Macabre. Sergio. Um, Argonian. Yes. Uh, yeah. Focused yeah. on on um, Cain and Abel, more often than not, in the House of Mystery, and it was they they would tell stories to each other. It was a great and and the what's the witch's name? The the Hazel. Yeah, the old Hazel, Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's one of my favorite books. But it's, it, it is in the mad vein, yeah. All right. Well, next time I talk to the DL, I'll be like, you know what? This world is missing. Plop. It's going to outsell Batman. Since you've alluded to these strategic planning retreats a few times, can, like, are you allowed to uh, talk about maybe pitches that you've made that they were like, nah? Uh, sure. Yeah, I can talk about I've, I've pitched tons of things that haven't been made. All right, well, what was, like, one or two things you really re- would have been joked about, but they were just, like, not the right time or not? It's just not. One I really wish I had written was uh, the, the Loki for President series that came out. I don't know if you guys read it. Uh, no. No, I passed on that. Yeah, so I that was I was that was from my pitch. They they bought my pitch from me and then wrote that series. I so how does that them. work? They literally, like, pay you a fee? Yeah, they paid me a fee. So I pitched that like before option. I got the Mar before I got the DC gig. And um I had pitched yeah, I I I remember pitching at New York Comic Con and I was I was like, it's a you know, it's about this guy, he's running for president and he seems like the exact wrong person and no one would ever elect him, but he keeps winning, you know, and then and my my uh editor's like, Look, Trump's not gonna win the primary <laughs> 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 Like he'd be gone in two months. But I was like, I was like and, I, I, and, I, and, I, and so when I wrote the pitch, I made it all very apologetic. I'm like, I'm like, this isn't just about Trump because Trump will be gone. This is about fascism and all these things. Oh. Um, so that's always my funniest thing that like the, the idea of Trump was too crazy for Marvel comics to accept. That's hysterical. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, but my original pitch, which I which which I which I very much enjoyed, was um, it was the the night of the election, and um, and it's too close to call, and it's going late into the night, and um, one one candidate comes out and says we can't concede, and they, they go to they go to the, another candidate out, and you know the whole audience is waiting, and um, and uh, Loki walks onto the stage. And, 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 and it's tied and uh, Odin's son is there uh, dressed like and, and, and Loki stops and he's, he's looking very confident he's looking at it. and Odin's son whispers something in his ear and and, and, and and Loki looks a little shocked and he goes up to the podium and he's about to give this speech about how he's going to win later in the evening and, and he just bows down and he goes and he just whispers I'm not worthy and at that moment he gets shot in the head and assassinated <laughs> I love it. And uh, and then it flashes back six months to him arriving in America and declaring he's going to run for president. It was called Loki for America was the name of the series. I would have loved to have written that. It would have been very, you know, cool. But I don't know how he, who, who wanted to assassinate him and why. Was it a good thing or a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I didn't do. What other pitches haven't I done? <laughs> I pitched the Connor Superboy for like two years. They wanted me to do that book. Really? I pitched when they br- on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I just started on Grayson. I got a call. It's like my grandmother's house. And they're like, Tom, we're redoing all of Superman. We want you to pitch for it. You can pitch whatever you want. It's going to be a brand new Superman. I was like, you want me to write Superman? You're restarting him? Yes. But we need to pitch by uh, like Saturday or something. So I had to work on Thanksgiving. And, um, and I pitched, I pitched this idea that like, Superman and Clark Kent become two different people, and this and, and so it becomes two different books. And one's about Superman being just the alien, one's about Clark Kent being just the human, and then go anywhere. And instead, they took a, a Gene Yang was his pitch, and they turned him into like semi deflated Superman for a while. Right. Um, what else have I done? Gotham Girl comes out of a pitch I did originally for um, a Tim a Tim Drake book I was going to write. Mm-hmm. I I was going to write a romance book that was this, this sort of tragic romance where I created this new character and her name was going to be The Bold. And she was this character that every time she used her power, she died a little bit. And if she used too much of her power, she would die, which is what Gotham's girl powers are. And that she sort of fell in love with Tim and, and Tim's like, stop using your powers. And, and, and she's like, no, I have to save the world. So it was a sort of tragic romance that ended with them dying. <laughs> That's how my mind works. And, uh, but I took that idea and I incorporated it into Batman. So now it's going to be Duke and Gotham Girl have that same sort of relationship. Sure. It was called, it was, her name was The Bold. And he was supposed to be called The Brave and The Bold. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, her name was The Brave and he was The Bold. I'm going to remember these things. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I have hundreds of these. What, what are these retreats like? Are they like tedious? Are they fun? Are they both? Uh, they're. I mean, there's, there's different levels of retreats. Um, there's sometimes when it's just like the Batman writers together. There's sometimes when it's every single writer. That's happened twice, I think. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes when it's just kind of like, I don't know what you call it, like the architects or whatever. Um, the people who are sort of on the... We just had one of these a month and a half ago where it was um, Pete Tomasi from the Superman books, uh, Scott Snyder... Josh Williamson, Steve Orlando, me, I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of people. 
um, to discuss um, just the, the big events that are coming up and to plan those and, and to sort of say what's going to happen to Batman over the next three years. And uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes Owen oh, Jim Lee was in the room. And, um, but so sometimes it's hard because like I pitched something that day. Like I was like, I love this idea. This is, this is what's going to happen to Batman. And I pitched it to Jim Lee. And dude, I'm fucking a Jim Lee fanboy. And every time I talk to him, I just see X-Men number one float in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> and I just see myself like, you know, on my childhood bed with four copies of it, debating so hard which one yeah. I should open. And they need a reader's copy. Oh, reader's copy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and not opening them and having just the four. And I'm like, I need to read this comic. But I can't. Anyway, so and then just like pitching Jim something and him just like the like stone look on his face. You just know it's like going absolutely nowhere with him. And he's like, and he's like, you're like, oh fuck, Jim Lee hates me. Go for it. Um, so. Uh, uh, I mean, the things are fun. M- m- most, the, the the most challenge of the whole thing is like how much alcohol we're going to drink and and then coming the next day, and still being awake. Because when a bunch of writers get together, we just go late into the night drinking. That's where the real work gets done, anyways. <laughs> usually Sprite Zero. That's our usual. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. of course it is. Okay, we are past the three-hour mark. Holy yeah. crap! Yes. Me talk too much. I'm sorry. No, no, no that's no, good. No. I'm just, you know, concerned that you still have work to do. Yes, I do. All night writing. It's yeah. true. So, um, if you would like to buy and procure for yourself anything that we talked about on this episode, where do you go? There's only one place, really. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Go there and save. Uh, from Image, Extremity Number One, One Ninety Nine, Daniel Warren Johnson, Dark Horse, uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, Shadows Number One, One Dollar Ninety Nine Cents, and from Valiant, Exo Manowar Number One by Matt Kint and Company, Ninety Nine Cents. That's seventy five percent off. You people, so go there, DCBService.com. I read an Image book that really connected with me. It was written by Donnie Cates, art by Jeff Shaw, and color art by Jason Wardy. It's called God Country, number one. Anybody read this? No. Not yet. No. On my, on my iPad. Cool. Um, it focuses on the Quinlan family. Old man Quinlan, his name's Emmett, has Alzheimer's. And I can identify with a lot of the stuff going on in this book. Because um, Emmett's son, Roy, drags his wife and child back home with him so he can keep an eye on his dad. Um, Emmett's causing problems uh, back at home with the local law enforcement, raising a ruckus. I guess um, Emmett's wife used to calm him down, but since she's passed, there's very few people around that can calm him down, uh, one of them being the local sheriff. Uh, so Roy and his wife Janie and their daughter Dina come back home to uh, be with the father. The father starts flinging profanities around. Uh, Dina's a young child. Uh, F you, get out of my house. Uh, the kid is just like distraught, runs out. The mother takes the child away. Meanwhile, a storm hits. Gigantic twister. Boom! Touches down. Fast and furious. Uh, ripping through everything, including the Quinlan house. Places in a shambles. Roy screams for his father. Janie and the child turn around in their car and come back to seeing the devastation, come back to the house. 
the child rushes to her dad and is attacked by a 20-foot demon that emerges out of the twister. What? Right? What? Yeah, seriously, this gigantic monster just plops out of the twister um, and, and goes for the child. Grandpa arrives to save the day with a massive 12-foot sword. What? <laughs> it, it turns out the sword returns him to his former pre-Alzheimer's state where he was somewhat of a super-powered being. It's strange, and there's no questions answered, um, but I'm hooked. I, I want to know why this old man, where where did this sword come from? How did he get it? Who gave it to him? Mm-hmm. Who is he? But and, and it's all open-ended, unanswered, but it's really cool. And the art's great. Uh, God Country, number one. Oh. It's a teaser. It yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. In your travels, I'm going to keep it short this week. I'm just going to tell you to catch up on Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman and Matt Wilson's The Mighty Thor. Hell yeah. Uh, it has been a fun ride. It's a, uh, we all know who Thor is now. She has to fight Odin. Um, Loki is his usual backstabbing self. Uh, Midas, the old, uh, Morrison Jones character from the Marvel Boy series shows up. Actually, no. Midas doesn't show up. His daughter shows up and um, shoots Thor with one of her golden bullets and And uh, Jane Foster shows up to uh, help Thor and uh, it's Aaron is telling some funky Thor stories. So that is what uh, I'm recommending this week. Second best writer in comics right now. (laughs) No, he's the first best writer in comics. Nobody writes as well as he does. Regardless Uh, of of genre, too, which is even more mind-boggling. That's the thing. What I was saying about him, right, is that he can do so many different genres. That's right here. Generations Alan Moore. I I agree with that, 100%. I'd love love it, though. Um, In your travels, I'm going to take you for a little ride on the Wayback Machine. All the way back to 2013. Gonna go Vertigo. Little book called Time Warp. Time Warp? What? Nine mind warping stories. Dude, my heart's beating fast. Keep going. There was uh, some interesting creators involved in that book. Nobody read that book. There was one particular story featuring a young upstart named Tom King. Seriously. Don't make me cry! <laughs> with uh, pencils and inks by a certain friend of the show named Tom Fowler. With colors by a then relatively unknown colorist named Jordi Belair. With letters by Desi Sinti. The incomparable <laughs> Desi Sinti. And, uh, if I recall correctly, I remember reading that book. And, uh, as with all anthologies, there's some hit or miss. But the one definitive hit was a story by Mr. King. It's full of demons. <laughs> so all you fans out there who are going to be 
at comms this year, when you go into the to the when you leave Artist Alley after you've waited in line for four hours to get Tom's signature, and you're bin diving, go into a bin, blow out time warp, then you go back to Tom's table and you cut in line, and you say, "I knew you win." And then he will draw a fucking sketch in that book for you. Even though he can't draw a lick. He will hug and kiss you because you remembered him when. Nobody remembers that shit. I remember it. Jason, have you ever read the original Time Warp? Uh, no. Oh, they're amazing. Gotta get it. Not as good as fucking Time Warp from 2013. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. What should they read, Tom? Uh, Batman. <laughs> they definitely read. You should. You. I. I really like these. These. I know it's an endorsement, but these latest two Batman issues. You don't have to know anything about them. Just me and Mitch. If you read Sheriff, um, uh, issues fourteen and fifteen, it's just one little Catwoman story. You don't have to pick up anything else. Just. Just those two, and it's 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 a little romance story between Catwoman and Batman, and and and. The beginning of issue 15, like the first four pages, not the whole issue, the whole issue is fine, but the first four pages are some of the best shit I've ever read in my life. Damn. Beginning of 15. Which you can just read in previews, it's not in previews, I don't have to fucking pay a penny for it. Just read those through, just read those pages. Or buy the comic, you lazy fucks. Yeah, you lazy fucks, what are you doing? Go to your, go, go to your local comic book store, they're, they're, they're having a tough time. You know what's up with that, by the way? What's up? Like that? Like suddenly there's this narrative because uh, Ross Ritchie put out that Facebook post. It's like, I mean, is there some sudden deceleration in LCS sales that I'm not aware of? It was a slow winter, I'm told. For some, um, I think Marvel sales had some troubles, in my understanding. But I don't know. That could be just a rumor they tell DC people to make us feel better about ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, All right. So. But uh, yeah, I went to my comp. I, I I got guilted in by that Facebook post. I went to my local shop and had a great time. So you should do it. Well, there's nothing wrong with going to a local shop. That's always a good advice. Well, Sam. Cool. Well, my man, it was great having you on. What a fucking honor! Thank you, and thank I, you to your listeners for all the support and everything. I can't say it enough. I must say that uh, you seem to be in a happy place. You had me worried on Suntress. You seemed like you were. You guys were digging into the emotional crates there for all for a bit. <laughs> um, I was very maudlin for a bit there. Dude, I write Batman, man. It's my job to be maudlin. <laughs> That's true. You what can't write Batman unless you've, unless you've seen some darkness. What cons are DC finding out to? Oh man, I have a con agent now. Do you know that? Isn't that fucking crazy? Wait, pardon? I have, a, I have an agent who does my con for me. Wait, wait, wait. Explain this. How does this work? So. I, you start off in this business begging mm-hmm. to get into cons and paying for yes. a table. And then you, 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 so you, you apply and then you hope to sell enough to cover your expenses. Right. And then you get big enough that they'll give you a table that you have to fly in. Then you get big enough that sort of they can fly you in and, uh, and give you a table for free. Okay. And then, there's after I wrote Batman number one, there's like I, I got to go above that level a little bit where they're like want you to come. You know, where they're like they're like you come to our con and you'll bring people to us and they'll they'll give you some little extras into it. So I got an agent to do all that arranging shit for me. So like happy ending massages, 
Yes. Like, all happy and like unlimited mini bar. Yeah, and you know, like I have an entourage. Are you guys? You guys are in my entourage, right? So everybody's Sick. for free, right? And so, yeah. um, so, I mean, so now I'm doing something. I'm doing. I'm doing the entire Expo Con circuit this year. I don't know what that means. I'm doing Dallas. Um, they're all owned by the same company. It means Dallas MegaCon, uh, Toronto, and Boston. Hmm. And I think. Heroes? I'm doing Heroes. There we go. You doing Heroes this year? You, you, yeah, we're there. Um, Baltimore, I always do Baltimore. always do New York. always do San Diego. And uh, where was I? Uh, I'm debating doing C2E2. Are you doing it? Nope. No. Yeah, my wife lives out in Chicago, so it would be, be nice to do. And it's also it's like the first con, and I'm really kind of eager to go to a con. Like I feel like I have con withdrawal. Um, so well, you just said you're about to go to 20 cons, so you're gonna have a troll then. I know, then I'll be all pissed off about it. <laughs> but it should be. It should, it, it'll be an inter- This is a whole. It's a whole different year, man. It's weird when you, you people show up and they're like in a line for you and shit. It's bizarre. It must be trippy, right? It is. It's very trippy. And if Daryl were on the show right now, he'd be talking about how you hate it because you can't get up and leave your table like you normally do at a con. I do hate it. I do hate it. And it's stupid. This, it's stupid cons because you're going there and you make, I make money at cons now because people buy shit from me. Um, or I charge to do, um, CGC signatures. And then so I have a lot of money. Really? All so that's stuff. interesting. So how's that work? Like you get paid to, like, to sign a slab, a soon to be slab book? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I charge 10 bucks for slab books. Wow, man. Damn. CGC if you have, a, if you have a witness. Just God, because. we're doing this all wrong. We need, we need to start. That's that's a good gig right there, Jesus. Because um because it, a lot of those guys are not all of them, but a, a lot of them are. I mean, if it's just if I know you and I know you're just doing it for fun, whatever. But there's a lot of dudes. That's their business. Is they buy sign stuff, they slab them, sure. and they put them on eBay. And um, so I charge. I mean, they're running a business, so am I. So it's all fair. Um. Anyway, so so I then I have a I have a wallet full of money. Which I should take home to my family and pay for their food and stuff. But then, like, right across the aisle is like everything I'd ever want to buy in my life. And I just need to get away from the table and buy that shit. So, <laughs> it is a little frustrating. Uh, so, yeah. But, uh, should be good. Come out problem. to the con. Say hi to me. Tell me you're from 11, you listen to 11 o'clock and we can fucking talk about how these Tear it up. Sweet. So, what you're saying though is a hero is that we get to be part of the VIP, like, section of the hotel now, right? We get to be like, there's super no, secret yeah. bar. There's no VIP at Heroes. Heroes, everyone's equal. No, no, it's like we're gonna go to the super secret bar, right, with you? Yeah, there's a secret comic book bar. Is there any people less cool than comic book people? Only San Diego do you get sort of the celebrity-ish treatment because you get to go to some of the like Hollywood parties and they give you like a handler and shit. That's when you sort of feel like you know some of the secrets. And I, I don't know. We get we get pretty good treatment at that diner at Heroes. Oh we yeah, do. we get a treatment there. That's a tradition now. Yes. Can't wait for Vince to see that. I know. Never been. This year, you said you promised us. Yeah, we'll see. No, 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 no. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much once again for listening to us. If you enjoyed any part of this show, tweet about it. Or get on whatever social media thing, Facebook, whatever, and talk about it. Come to our 11 o'clock comics brand spanking new website because we have content available to you that is not available anywhere else it's 11 o'clock comics.com come to our facebook page 
leave us an iTunes review. What? It's so easy. We would be very, uh, very much appreciative of that. And go kiss your mother. In the interim, say good night. <laughs> good night. David. He's not going to get it. Night. He's not going to get it. David. Damn you. <sighs> Thank you, Tom, for being here. We love you so much. Thank you all. Love you too. Greatest writer in awesome here, brother. Yeah. I'm sure you'll duplicate it again this year. Get the bomb. Damn fucking right. Well, I guess I gotta do it tonight. I gotta do it right now. Awesome. See, bye bye. Bye. Later. Don't whisper. Call me. Oh boy. Bye. Just a tip. Stop. You said it before. Don't tell me to stop. (laughs) In the immortal words of my grandpappy, grab them titties, keep us out. You should run for president. As well. Made up my mind to say goodbye. I went to the park for the last time. But when I saw your eyes, I knew for the first time that there's no goodbye between us. There's no goodbye.